0: So people, good evening. Welcome. Welcome to another session. Um, like I always say, I mean, it's always a blessing to just, um, find people on a Friday night, you know, ready to just, um, learn at the feet of God. I, I think this, this way of being, it, it really will change our world. It will change our generation. You know, people who are really hungry to learn and understand God's heart and his nature, you know, and, um, I mean, these past few weeks have been interesting. You know, I like the fact how a lot of us were talking about how the sessions got us to introspect, you know. And this really is the purpose of, you know, teaching, so to speak. You know, we use the text, the stories as tools to begin to help us to reflect and look within our own selves, you know. Because ultimately, everything that we see outside, learn outside, hear outside, only becomes concrete when we start to have our own personal and individual experiences of those things. You know, I think Jefferson was talking about how in the middle of the soccer game, someone hit him and his mind is like, my God, I want to just get that guy back and foul him again. You know, and in that moment he caught himself. And that that moment, that moment right there is understanding, you see. And if tomorrow someone asks Jefferson about what does it mean about the animals in the garden? It'll be so easy to explain it because he's not explaining it from someone else's words. He's explaining it from the depths of his own experiences. Do we get that? Do we understand that? Huh? Do we understand that?
1: Yeah. Uh
0: Aha. You know, because it comes from one's own personal experience of a particular truth. Like I always say, books can't teach anyone anything. Understanding is something that unfolds from the soul when it has perceived something for its own self. A book, a teaching is like a flashlight, right? That points you in a direction and tells you, hey, go and look there. But understanding comes when you go there for yourself, and you see what's there. So when they say someone is a teacher, so to speak, a teacher is simply someone who points the light and says, hey, go and look in that place. But you as an individual have to go there and have to see what's there. And when you see it, the knowledge, the understanding becomes your own, independent of anyone who led you there. Because yes, they got you to that point, But it was you getting to that point and seeing what was there that brought understanding into your heart. And now the knowledge is your own. And this is what God is trying to establish for every single one of us, where the knowledge is our own. Because we're entering a time when gone are the days when, oh, my pastor said, my pastor said, my pastor said, well, that is good, you know, because someone has to lead you in a particular direction. But a time has to come where you're no longer just doing things because my pastor said or this person said, but because you've seen for yourself, you understand for yourself, you know for yourself. So now it's your own. And when it's your own, it'll be very hard for the enemy to steal it from you, you know. In days of great temptation, I tell you, and some of us can testify, <laughs> you don't remember all these quoting scripture and all those things don't come to mind, do you? <laughs> In that moment of temptation, where something is in front of you like, ah, what saves you in that moment is something much deeper. Can you guys relate? Can you relate? Huh? You know, in moments of, indeed
2: yes there's a particular sense of knowing for yourself that those scriptures can't really do much
0: for you <laughs> yeah they can't they can't really do much Th- those scriptures should have done the work long before the real moment of temptation because once it comes you're in trouble you know because at that point it's not scripture that will save you It's understanding and understanding comes from one's experience of a particular truth so, that's the whole idea of all of this, you know, to just point us in a direction. But after being pointed, that we have to start to see it in our own lives, in people around us, within ourselves. And that's when it starts to sink in. That's when it starts to make sense. And that's when it starts to become a part of us. So, yeah, we've been talking about the Nahash, the serpent, otherwise known as the devil, Satan, and all the other um, aliases that he has. And, um, you know, like I said so many times, When one goes to the beginning of something, you start to understand the pattern and how it unfolds. Because if one doesn't understand the beginning, the end will be very hard to comprehend, you know. So now we're talking about the adversary, the adversary, the adversary. First of all, before we begin, when we hear the word adversary, what comes to our minds? Maybe two people can give a very brief response. When you hear adversary, what comes to your mind? Adversary.
3: When I hear adversary, the first thing that comes to my mind is an enemy.
0: An enemy. (laughs) An enemy. Exactly. Miriam said enemy with emphasis on the E. (laughs) Enemy. Yes, indeed. Something that is your enemy, you know. Difference. Joyce says difference. So, interestingly, the word, yeah, rival, exactly. Enemy, rival, opposition, indeed. All All those work. Enemy, rival, opposition, you know. And um, interestingly, the Hebrew word shatan, translated as Satan, literally means adversary, period. If you actually even go into the actual, the literal, the most literal meaning, because like we explained, all Hebrew words, when you bring them down to their root, is always a verb. So the word shatan means to oppose. And it speaks about something that is in opposition to you, something that opposes you, you know. And like we've spoken about many times, because I'm trying to remember, especially in in the study guide of the first um, serpent session we had, and we're talking about names and how a name speaks of a particular character, essence, nature that is not bound to a particular person, but many people can be called that same name you know for example in the garden of eden we see the nahash gave the fruit to eve you know and all throughout the bible in the old testament we see that god likens different kings to nahash and he said the snake will bite you you know and then here comes john the baptist looking at the pharisees and saying you brood of vipers which is also nahash who asked you to flee from the impending doom jesus christ also called people brood of vipers you know people snakes and everything So we see how the words nahash or serpent or snake is not bound to a particular thing, but it speaks about a character in nature that many different things can have. Do we understand that so far? Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So the same applies to the name Shatan or Satan, you know. First of all, let me say that Everything we're talking about here, okay, Jedi says she doesn't understand, don't worry. I'll, I'll explain it further, don't worry. First of all, let me say that everything we're talking about here, you know, associating, you know, the animals in the garden to our desires and all these things, I want us to know that there are many layers of depths to all these things, okay? And right now, we're just establishing a simple foundation. And when we say simple, simple doesn't mean it's inconsequential. Simple actually means that this is the most important because every other thing is built upon the simplicity. Like a tree. A tree is something complex. You know, it has its um, its bark. It has the roots. It has the branches, the leaves, the fruits. It's very complex. But that grand complexity unfolded from the very simple seed. So, in that sense, we can say that God is the simplest thing that exists. And out of the simplicity of God came the complexity of the universe. Does that make sense to us? Yeah. yeah? Aha, aha. So, right now... I'm explaining the simplicity of things, but it really can get more complex, you know, but we'll go into all those things later. I'm just saying this in case you know we're studying and maybe some something God just reveals something to us and we just get frozen on, but the animals in the garden means desires. It can't mean anything else. No, that's not really true. It, it can really get much deeper than that, you know, but in essence, this is just a very simple way of understanding it, especially within ourselves, right? So like I said, because Jetty says she didn't understand, you know. When we say the word Nahash, which means serpent, right? The Hebrew word Nahash means serpent, it means to shine, and it means, um, it means to whisper, right? And that name d- describes a particular character, a particular quality, a particular nature. Of course, we know snakes, snakes are poisonous and they kill when they bite. So the Bible used that as a metaphor to represent a kind of spiritual quality. Now, if a person has that spiritual quality where anything that comes out of their mouth is venomous, whether they speak a venomous doctrine or they are always rude and cursing, such a person can be given the name serpent because they're expressing that particular nature. So the name talks about a nature and one million people can be given that name if they are found expressing that nature. To help you understand, you can be called Christ if you express the nature of Christ. As a matter of fact, that's actually what the word Christian is supposed to mean. It means people who are Christ. Like, that's what it means. Because Jesus Christ isn't one person. If it was one person, they wouldn't talk about the body of Christ. Right? Because you look at yourself, you have a head and you have a body. Can you separate the body from the head? No. Can you separate the head from the body? No. Because they are part and parcel of one another. And so long as your finger is attached to you, the finger can be called you, and so on and so forth. You know. So the same way a person who manifests out of themselves the character, attributes, and nature of Christ, the same way they can be called Christ... It's the same way someone who manifests out of themselves the character and attitude of the serpent can be called a serpent. Do you understand that, Jedi? Yes. You get it? So the yes. serpent is not something, it's not a name that is bound to a particular person. It's a quality, a nature, a character. That can be expressed through an infinite number of persons. So, if we say there is only one serpent, right? If we say there's only one serpent, we're not speaking about one particular individual, we're speaking about a whole collective of individuals. Does that make sense? Because in their serpentine nature, all of them are one. So, if there are one million people who have a serpentine nature, we can say the one serpent. Is those group of one, is that group of one million people? Does it make sense? Huh? Uh huh. Just like we can say there's only one Christ, but when we say there's only one Christ, we have to understand that that one Christ is made up of every single person who is Christ, because Christ is not one individual. Christ is one quality, one nature, one essence that many people can possess. So when we talk about Christ. We're not speaking about one definite person. We're speaking about one definite spirit, one definite character, one definite nature, you know. So the same applies to the serpent. And the same applies also with the name Shatan, Satan. And when we study the Bible, because, you know, like, like I said many times, we've all grown up with different stories, you know. About some guy with horns and a pitchfork, you know, putting people in hellfire and all these things, which are good. They're okay. Understand there's nothing wrong with all those um, childish imageries. When I say childish, I don't say this in a condescending way. I say it with all respect because children are not meant to be introduced into the things of God in a very, what's the word I want to use? like Paul talked about milk and flesh. You have to give people milk in the beginning. You have to paint it in stories, in fairy tales. Do you understand? Because at that point in their, in their, in their growth, that's the only way they can assimilate things. And if you give them something other than that, then you damage their mind, right? So it's important that uh-huh, water down. So water down is not, an in, it's not condescending. It's, everyone must begin like that. You know, Like, for example, you look at... Um, I think I saw a video of, um, I think these were flamingos, right? Flamingo, obviously flamingo, that bird that looks like an ostrich is pink, you know, and it's always by the water side, very long legs and everything, you know? Yeah. And I saw that um, when it wants to feed its baby, it takes the fruit it wants to eat, it chews it, and then it spits it inside of the baby's mouth. That's how everyone must begin. That's just the way it is. Because in the beginning, the digestive system of that child is not yet strong enough to break down the foods. So, the person who is giving the food to them has to, first of all, help the digestion by breaking things down. You know, even us physically speaking. Wow, I'm about to deviate so much, but it will help the teaching. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just can't help but involve science in it because I like to just give us a whole experience and everything, you know. Physically speaking, the reason why we cook food is to assist our digestive process. When you see yam that is raw, right? I want you to understand something. When you say a food is raw, like raw meat, raw rice, raw yam, I want you to understand that yam that is raw is the most nutritious. When you cook it, do you know that the more you cook food, the less nutritious it gets? and you cook it because your stomach can't handle that much light. It's too much light for you that it will kill you. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? make
4: makes sense.
0: You understand? Aha. So raw yam, raw fish, raw meat, that's actually the most, the most nutritious, is the most potent, but it's so potent that it's too potent that if you eat it, it will harm you because it's like putting new wine in old wine skin your stomach is not strong enough to break it down. So that's why it becomes poison. But it's actually very nutritious, you know? So that's why we cook food and we we boil it. So the more we cook it, it's as if digestion is happening on the outside first before it enters into our body. So that by the time it enters into our body, it's already pretty much pre-digested. So the same way we cook food before we eat is the same way animals, first of all, chew the stuff for their child to help the digestion before putting it in the child's belly. And it's the same way the knowledge of God has to be taught as well. First of all, chew it, exactly digestion on the outside. Pharaoh, you got it exactly. To help to begin the digestive process outside of the person. So by the time they put the food in their stomach, it just goes down very easily. So that is why the Holy Spirit, everyone who is divinely inspired when they start to teach a particular people, they first of all use stories, they use songs, they use pictures, sculptures, fairy tales, whether it's um, um, Merlin, um, Guinevere, um, King Arthur on the Stone, whether it's um, Alice in Wonderland, whether it's Sleeping Beauty, Pinocchio, all these are divinely inspired stories. You know, it's, it's because people don't understand the essence of things that we look at those stories that we think it belongs to another culture, or whatever, but it's the same spirit. Sleeping beauty is a soul and Prince Charming is Christ. Sleeping beauty is a soul that is asleep to her lover, the Christ. And when the Christ appears and gives her a kiss of unity and love, she wakes up. And that waking up is a waking up of realization. Oh my goodness, I'm a son of God. I'm loved. And that expresses itself as that godly character that comes out. Every one of us is a sleeping beauty and Christ has come to wake us up. So this is what these stories are talking about. All of us are Pinocchio with a lie, 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 lie. Nose don't deal like this. (laughs) We're all trying to become a real boy or a real girl. And that real boy, that real girl is Christ. You understand? That's all Pinocchio wanted to be. He wanted to be real. And that's what we are trying to be. Because you are only real when you are Christ, because Christ is the only thing that is. Tony Lockboy, as you just said, that you don't lie. This is a lie. I've been listening to. No one to look at Tony Lockboy's nose. No, I've been looking at Tony Lockboy's nose, actually. And I said, oh my God, this lady's nose is interesting. <laughs> you are just confirming this Pinocchio story for us. Right on, sis. <laughs>
5: I'm
0: joking. No, there's nothing wrong with your nose, please. <laughs> Sorry, ma. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with your nose. <laughs> You know? (laughs) So all these fairy tales, all these nice stories you've had, even things like um, Narnia that, um, what's his name, wrote. What's the name of this guy that wrote Narnia again? I'm trying to remember his name. A very famous uh, preacher. Who can remind me of his name? The guy that wrote Narnia. C.S. Lewis. Ah, exactly, C.S. Lewis, you know. That's why he wrote those kinds of stories. Honestly, for me, that's my passion. That's that's actually the heart of something like Grandpa Logie, for example, Communicating these things in a very, you know, simple and easy way that anyone can digest and stuff like that, you know. So it's always it's always been like that. The Bible in itself, even though you call it deep, the Bible actually is like a fairy tale kind of book that was made talking about stories to encapsulate much deeper wisdom until you start to go deeper. So, as deep as the Bible is, the Bible is actually pre-digested food. It's not the raw meat. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> It gets way much deeper, way much deeper, you know. For example, in the Hebrew culture, they talk about four dimensions of approaching the Bible. The first one is called the Pshat, the Pshat. And Peshat simply means the literal interpretation, you know. You read it, uh, Joseph, someone stole, uh, they took away Joseph's coat and he was thrown into a hole. That's the Peshat, the most basic, Way of interpreting the scripture, and the next level is called the Remez, which is like, um, it's, it's like, um, a much deeper insight, but still not that very deep. And then the third one is, um, um, the Shat Remez drash, yes, drash, drash means insight. So now, some kind of divine understanding that's open up to you. That's the third level. And the fourth level is called the Sod. I'll just write it for you. There's an acronym for it. The acronym is called Pardes, Pardes. The P stands for Pshat. You can Google it if you want to. The R stands for Remes. The D stands for Drash. That's why you have the book called the Midrash. And the S stands for sword. Sod means secret, that which is concealed which Paul calls the mystery. When we look at the word mystery, you know, normally we interpret mystery. Um, someone said the a unko. So the A is not there. The A is just to, the A was added to the paradise to make it sound, you know, easy to remember. But it's, there's no A's. There's no it's it's Peshat, Remez, Drash, and Sod. So paradise, you know. Um, sorry, before I, I was replying to, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Who can I remind me, please?
1: <laughs> predigested food.
0: Yeah, predigested food. Even after that, right right before I responded to ways of studying the Bible. You okay.
1: were saying that the
2: that you we first get a revelation, the you you most basic text. You're
0: uh-huh, talking uh-huh, about uh-huh.
2: how we start with the most basic and then we go on to
0: uh-huh. I remember now. I
2: understanding. uh uh-huh.
0: uh-huh. So there are four dimensions of reading the Bible. There's the Peshat, which is the very basic, literal, simple meaning, which is it's just the surface. There's the Remez, which is a bit much deeper. There's the Drash, which talks about now divine insight, you know. And there's the sword. The sword is the secret. When Paul said, I show you a mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory, I believe. Mystery, mystery. When we talk about mystery, the word mystery that Paul used there is from the Greek word musterion. And the word musterion doesn't mean mystery as in something no one knows. No, the word musterion means a secret, something that was deliberately concealed. It is written, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing and the honor of kings to search it out. There are things that God hides and he conceals is a secret you know, and as one begins to get closer to him, the secret becomes unraveled. But saying that there are secrets is one half of the coin. The other half of the coin is that there are no secrets. It just happens to be that we're blind. Does that make sense to us? It's like, for example, let me give you an example. You understand? Let me give you a very simple example, you know. There can be 10 of us seated inside of a room, right? 10 of us, were are all, all having a nice conversation and maybe we're all laughing, chatting. And then as we're laughing, chatting, one person is cracking a joke and that person is cracking a joke, but he's cracking a joke using one of the people there as an example. And everyone is laughing, 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 laughing. But that person that they are using as the subject of a joke, and I'm sure some of us have been there before, That person wasn't finding it funny, like, he was not... Everybody was laughing, but this one didn't laugh. He's looking at this guy like, bro, if you don't stop talking, I'm going to come over there right now, you know? And the reality is that it's so obvious. Well, I won't say it's obvious, but the fact is that this person is upset. And that reality is there for anyone to see if they can see it. But if one is not emotionally sensitive, right... You will be blind to the fact that this guy is obviously upset. But the fact is that his anger, his, his, his discomfort is just open. The question is, are you able to see it? Do we understand that? Do you understand this analogy? Do you understand the analogy? No. You don't understand. Okay, okay let, let, let me use another one and you get it. The stock market, for example, people who do stock trading. I'm sure you've seen pictures of them, they open their computer, and they just look at the chart. they look at the graph, and just from looking at the graph, when they see red here, they see green there, immediately, they say, ah, it's time to invest this money, you know? But you, who don't understand the graph, you can't see what they are seeing. On one hand, you can say this, you get it now, aha, aha. Aha. On one hand, you can say it's a secret, on the other hand, it's just there, but you just don't have the eyes to see, you know? So that's how God is. Yes, we can say on one hand, it's a secret, But on the other hand, it's not a secret. It's just there. But can you see? Can you read? (laughs) Miriam said, like, how chemistry is not hard, I just don't get it. (laughs) Sis, you're not the only one on that table, trust me. (laughs) So, yeah, nothing is really hard. It's just that we just don't have the tools to, to deal with it, you know. So, God is like that. When we talk about secret mysteries, nothing is a secret. Everything is open. Everything. I mean, everything is open as we're in this 21st century now, right? I want to ask you a question. This laptop that I have, the, the materials that were used to make this laptop, didn't it exist 1,000 years ago? I'm asking. Huh? It did. But people didn't have the sight to see how to put it together like this. So that's how it is with the secrets of God. God doesn't hide anything. So that's just, if they say God hides something, that's true. But understand life is always two-sided. On the other hand, God hides nothing. It just happens to be that we can't see, you know. So the Bible is just like this. It's a concealed book, but it's not. It's very open. No matter if the question is, can you see exactly to do it? So you get why I say, can you read? Because that's what my teacher will always do to me. And you just laugh. And you just say, (laughs) you don't even know how to read. It's always so funny. So <laughs> like you don't know how to read. <laughs> I got that so much. I had to just give it to other people. <laughs> you don't know how to read. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, you know. Yeah, that's why I talk about can you read a lot. Because when I talk about reading, I'm talking about the divine insight into a thing, you know? So yeah, you know, so all those fairy tales and all that is to just have, is to, is like pre-digested food to help one understand. So that's why they give the devil with horns. They make him the color red, you know? These symbols are very important. There's a reason why they give the devil the color red. Remember in the spectrum of light, you know, there's purple, no, there's ultraviolet, which is a very fast vibratory color. And then there is infrared, which is a very low vibratory color. So the color red is actually associated with very low vibrations on the light spectrum. So that's why the devil can be used as red. Do you guys understand that? Do you see how even the colors that they use for him is not is is deliberate? Do we understand that? You know the color red represents like something that is very dense is like density because the vibrations are very slow. You know, purple is very fast. Like, Oh, hallelujah. You know, like for example, like uh, in, in singing, to give an example, picture this, the color purple in music is like, ooh, 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 like that kind of tone and the color red is, Oh, do you get that? I hope that it sounds so silly, but do you get what, do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> Confidence you're laughing
2: Yes we do
0: <laughs> You understand me <laughs> You know <laughs> Yes to So that's why purple is, purple. It is it's popular But still the red Can also represent heaven Because remember Christ is the lion and the lamb He's the first and the last So he's both purple, he's both red He's both the falsetto And he's also the, the bass baritone You understand Because of course, in music, ah, let me not go too far, but let me just give you guys this understanding. Because the same principles always apply everywhere. In music, if you look at those old orchestras, you know, those old choirs, the people that actually are the foundation of the choir that carry all the voices are the bass, when they sing like, when that bass is present, is able to carry all those, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand? (laughs) It's sometimes it's so hard to, like this is the only way I can explain it. It's it's so hard to, it's so hard to- And
6: um, they want to give music its harmony, like balance and make it easy on the ears.
0: Exactly. And to tell you how the world has forgotten or is moving away from understanding the value of the foundation. That's why there's no longer respect for the bass baritone in this time. Everyone wants high pitch, but well, high pitch needs to have a root, and that root is the bass baritone. If it's not there, then it's just noise. Have you listened to all singers that just start from the beginning at high pitch? It's not sweet. It's only sweet when they begin low, they take it high, they come down again, like, you know, like...
1: <laughs> Help. Have when you? my director tried to force me to sing soprano, my voice is not soprano! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Understand now, don't speak sides. Everyone is important. The soprano is important. The bass baritone is important. The problem is when people remove one for the other, you know? So yeah, the color red can be likened to the bass baritone because it's a very low vibration, you know? It's very bass, very crude. The word is crude, it's dense. And the purple is like something that is refined, you know? Something that vibrates very fast and that's why it's associated with heavenly and kingship and etc. 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 Anyway, we've just debated so much. We've just debated so much. Anyway. So, yes, that's why they gave devil the color red. And the reason why he has the pitchfork with the three prongs is because he represents the inverted trinity, but that's just a different study entirely. That's by the way. Anyway, let's not go there. So, so yeah, the word Satan. The word Satan, the word Satan means adversary 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 and like we always say the bible was not written in english it was written in hebrew no blessing tyler if i look almost every statement i make there's a whole body of information that can come along with it and if i expand every statement like that we won't get to the end of this conversation you know so we'll just give bit by bit and all that and all that and all that that, because that's a whole different world of its own and it to deviate us, you know, so one has to learn how to stay in, you know, the course, just branch out a little bit, then come back, branch a little bit, then come back, you know, this is part of meditation. So we also have to meditate in our conversations as well, you know, so yeah, let me just catch everyone back. So we just keep going in direction we're planning to, you know, so like I said, the Bible was written in Hebrew, not English, right? And the problem was in the translation of the Bible, the Bible was translated by English people that learned Hebrew. It wasn't translated by Hebrew people that learned English. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: understand? There's a world of difference in a world of difference because a person who is Hebrew that learns English will be able to accurately translate an idea in such a way that it is very close to the original meaning. Understand something. The moment you translate something from one form to another, energy is lost. You know, substance is lost. Once you translate it, it's lost. You know, that's why, for example, the Bible was originally translated into Greek, you know, called the Septuaginta. The word Septuaginta means 70, represented the books in the Bible you know, and the Greek language, you know, the Greeks back then, before they fell after um, Alexander the Great and all that, they were very divine. They had divine inspiration. They were very close to God, very close. They had divine principles. They were, they had it. Even though people say that, most people don't understand that. God, anyway, let's not go into all that. Anyway, the, the Greeks, there was divine understanding in their culture. And that understanding was shown in their language. You understand? That's why Paul found it so easy to use the Greek language to explain Hebrew concepts because those two languages were so, were so close to one another. Do you understand? In, in, in Hebrew, the word Mashiach means um, the anointed one. In Greek, the word Christo means the anointed one. It was so easy to translate it, you know. In Greek, in Hebrew, The word heaven was called "shamayim" In Greek, the word heaven was called Oranos, which today we call Uranus. You know, the planet Uranus was used as a symbol to represent heaven in Greek language. So if you look at the Bible in Greek, when they talk about heaven, you see Oranos, you know. Sheol in Hebrew was translated into Hades in Greek. To tell you that Paul understood that the Greeks knew about the underworld. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is just a branching out thing now, but do you understand what I'm saying? For the fact that Paul used Hades to represent a Hebrew thing, tells you that it's not a Hebrew thing. It just happens to be that the Hebrew gave it their name and the Greeks gave it their name. Does that make sense?
6: A lot of sense, yeah.
0: Do, do we all understand it? Aha. So don't think that it's only Hebrews that knew about God and spiritual, this is ridiculous. I mean, that mindset is, is what has kept the world caged that only one people in the whole world knew about God and how can that be? It's, 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 um, it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, it's ridiculous. If that was so, then the Bible, would not have, the New Testament would have been written in the Greek language, you know, so, yeah, so many new names that were given, you know, in the New Testament, even apostles. The word apostle is from the, Greek, the Hebrew word sholiach. The word sholiach means a delegate, an emissary. You know, that's it translated into the word apostle, which in Greek is apostolos, which also means a delegate, an, an emissary or an angel, right? So the Greek language was so fantastic to translate the Hebrew thought, because it was very spiritual, mystical in nature. So it was so easy to translate. But English, <laughs> English is a poor man's language. <laughs> English is a poor man's language. English is void of spiritual understanding, it's just so materialistic, it's dead. Because English is a descendant of the ancient Nordic language, which is very powerful, you know. The, the Nordic language, it was very mystical. And that's why people use the Nordic uh, runes to do magical uh, stuff, of course, because it's it's not just... Anyway, let's not go into that today, but it, it was divine. It, it was... Whew. I'm seeing how to talk about it without going too much into it so we don't deviate too much, you know. So that's why I'm having a bit of a... But yeah, the Hebrew language, the Greek language, the Latin, they were... They were created by people who who were exposed to the realm of the spirit. So so those languages are like portals. They're not just words like you think. They're like portals, right? And when one activates them, one becomes connected to the worlds that are unseen, you know? So the Greek language is very close to the Bible, to the Hebrew language, and that's why Paul could... um, use it to communicate the Hebrew ideas and all that before they translated it to Latin, before it finally came to English and so on and so forth. So the word Shatan in Hebrew means adversary. And like I said, it was translated by King James um, um, translators who were English people that learned Hebrew. It wasn't done by Hebrew people that learned English. So without a doubt, a lot of things were taken out of context, changed. For example, like I said, the word shatan was used to talk about not one person, but many types of people. In fact, in the Bible, do you know that there's a point in time when an angel, like an angel of God, was called a shatan? And it was not in a negative context. It was in a positive context. Do you guys want to see do you want to see? Let's open the book of Numbers.
4: Yes. Uh, yes. Aha.
0: Uh-huh. Let's open the book of Numbers, chapter 21, chapter 22, verse 21 and 22. So I'm going to post it. Now, this place in Numbers is about the story of Balaam. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm going to post the scripture for us right here. It's about the story of Balaam. I'm sure we all heard about Balaam. You know, the prophet who was um, hired to curse Israel. And when he was on the way to curse Israel, it was written that an angel stood before him, you know. And he didn't see it. It was his donkey. <laughs> Can you imagine? Angel day of front, your like donkey see him, you don't know, see him. <laughs> the donkey the donkey saw the angel. The donkey don't move. He said, oh, I'm going nowhere. Balaam was trying to beat the donkey to wake up. The donkey looked and said, Chama, you don't see what you this road. (laughs) You know? So it's written in the book of Numbers, chapter chapter 22, verse 21. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. When you read that verse in Hebrew, it literally says, And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as a Satan against him. Are you guys following? Huh? Are you following?
5: Do you, see? Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Do you see how even an angel was called the Satan? You see, that's to tell you that Satan is not, is, is, not, is not a positive or negative word. It's just a word that is, that speaks about opposition, adversity, you know? And anyone can play that role of the adversary, of the Satan. Like I said, a name talks about a particular character, a particular nature, a particular quality. Right, And the Shatan is the name that talks about the adversary. Your adversary, something that comes against you. And we see adversity all throughout the Bible. Because when you understand the nature of adversity, because you've understood the nature, you don't need to see the name Satan to know that Satan is being spoken about. Do you guys get what I'm saying? When the king of Assyria came against israel do you now see that that was satan coming against israel do you understand Hmm? are you able to understand this do you now see why jesus christ looked at peter and said satan get behind me do you see that do you see why he called peter satan it's not just because a spirit possessed him. It's because in that moment, he himself was a Satan. Because Satan is not a particular person. Satan is a particular character, essence, nature that many persons can possess. Are you guys following what I'm saying? Hmm? Like said... Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. What we're teaching now, there's depths and complexities to it. There are There's depths and complexities. I'm just explaining the simplicity of it so we can understand. There are spiritual realities, there are there, 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 what people call powers. Even though when we talk about principality and powers, people think it's always in a negative, but that's not true. There's positive principalities and powers and there's negative principalities and powers, but that's not today's conversation, you know. But all those things exist, demons, all these things exist. But I want us to understand the simplicity because I'm telling you we're going to, after these tales of the origin, who knows, we may enter into a series called Mysteries and then we'll be open up certain things, but that's if God permits, you know. But this is the simplicity of things that I want us to understand. Adversary, adversity, Satan talks about something that comes against you. Let me show you another scripture. In the book of Kings, in the book of first Kings, this was in the time when Solomon had followed foreign women and brought them into the temple of God and brought their idols and all that nonsense that he did. And when he did that, let me post a scripture for us all to see. In 1 Kings 11, verse 14. 1 Kings 11, verse 14. And it says, Now the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon. Hadad, the Edomite, he was a descendant of the king in Edom. Now the Lord, listen, he said the Lord who, Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? I just showed you two Satan that was very much associated with God because I'm going somewhere. Are you guys, are you following me? Are you following me? Huh? Yes, we are. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. have showed
0: you two scriptures now that Satan was talked about, but God was also involved in the picture. Because you know, we've grown up looking at Satan as somebody who is just frustrating God, that is a chess grandmaster tricking God up and down and God is just playing catch up. This, anyway, let's not go into all of that, you know. Anyway, I've shown us two scriptures now that talk about Shatan, the adversary. And we see how God is always involved in that process. So it's written in 1 Kings. Now the Lord has raised, had raised. Now the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was a descendant of the king in Edom. Now, if you also check this verse in Hebrew, which I really expect that all of us do, don't ever take anyone's words at face value. Be a Berean and do your own personal research and come to your individual understanding. Right. If you check this in Hebrew, the word written as adversary here in Hebrew was shatan. Now, are you seeing what I mean by the Bible was translated by English people who learned Hebrew, not Hebrew people who learned English? Those people thought, oh, this is a mistake. They're not talking about Satan here. They're talking about an adversary. <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying? Huh?
4: Yes, 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 right
0: now, right yes. now, I guess. Aha, because the Hebrew mind, in their mind, they don't see it as two different people because they know that shatan speaks about an essence that many people can possess. It doesn't belong to one particular person. Many people can have, can become shatan. So that's why you can see it here, you can see it there, you can see it there, you can see it there, you know. But every time the shatan appears, if it does pay attention. I'm going to blow you guys' minds now. If you just pay attention, God is always around. Somewhere, somehow, God is always around. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel just brought up that same scripture in the Orthodox Jewish Bible version. And it says, and Hashem raised up Satan unto Shlomo. Well, let me not speak too much Hebrew. Unto Shlomo. Hadad I, I, no, let me not speak too much Hebrew. Anyway, we can read the text there, yeah? So let me get out a particular scripture for us. Um, it's two scriptures. Um, hold on. Let me just quickly Google it. Let me tell you something. I think Google has made us lazy students, right? Do you agree with me? Because my, the, 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 the Babas of the past, they have Google. So in their mind, they say, listen, First Chronicles chapter 8, verse 9, Abhi. <laughs> this a generation was spoiled <laughs> or false.
5: Oh my god.
0: Okay. Let me um let me get out the scripture. Let me get out the scripture. Um so let's I want to bring out two scriptures for us to investigate. Um 2nd Samuel um chapter 24 Verses one. Second Samuel chapter 24. Verses one. Actually, I'm just going to post it down. I'm just going to post it for us to see. Um, So second Samuel. Chapter 24, verse one. Let me post it now. For us. Let me post it now for us. Okay. 2 Samuel 24, verse 1. Can we all see it in the chat? Second Samuel 24, verse 1. And it says, yes. mm-hmm. and this particular scripture is what atheists like to use. You see, when people don't have understanding, when they don't know how to read, they just, they can't understand the Bible, you know? Atheists, they love this scripture so much. Why? Because it's one of the scriptures that they call one of the grand contradictions in the Bible. So this Second this Samuel 24, verse 1 is associated with another scripture, 1 Chronicles 21, verse 1. So let me read 1 Samuel. So let me read Second Samuel 24, verse 1. It states, again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, and he moved against, do you see adversity here? Do you see it? He moved against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. Now let's look at Chronicles 21, verse 1. It says, now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Do you guys see this? Are you seeing this? Isn't it mind-blowing? Are you getting the picture now? You know? In one hand, they said God moved against Israel. In another hand, they said Satan moved against Israel. This is supposed to open your mind to understand that, you know, that's what I'm explaining. That when we talk about the adversary, it's not bound to one person. It talks about a character that is not always well. It's not negative in the way we think it is, you know. And it's not ever, 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 ever. It's not ever, 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 ever separated from God. You can't separate Satan from God. Not ever. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Let's open Job. Let's open Job chapter one. Understand what's he talking about? What's he talking about? The Book I was of waiting for this
7: one.
5: <laughs>
0: uh, there's many. I have like 10 I can bring out, but I will just bring maybe four or five. Then we can, we can set out the rest in our, in our own free time. You know, of course, we all know the story of Job. You know, you know, first um, Job chapter one, verse eight. Job 1, verse 8, you know, let me post it here for us. Job 1, verse 8. Job 1, verse 8. You know, I'm going to post it here for us. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Satan was minding his own business in just day his own side. You know, Satan was day in, Satan day in day. He was just in his own place, relaxing. God came and said, how far have you seen my boy? <laughs> you understand? Have you seen my boy? So many new uh, Christian, uh, you know, people in this, uh, that call themselves New Testamental Christians. They say, ah, this Old Testament thing. The people who wrote it didn't have understanding, blah blah blah, all kind of nonsense. By the time I even bring out scriptures of even Jesus talking like this, even Paul talking like this, even God again in the book of Revelation talking like this, I'll say whether this is an old testamental thing that God and Satan are not far from each other. You know, he said, Have you seen my servant Job? Have you seen him? Do you do you know that he doesn't he shuns all evil? Do you know that this guy obeys me? Should I said, ah, are you sure? Hmm, okay. Let's go and find out. When you study the Bible and look at all these things, you understand that it was not a coincidence huh? that the serpent appeared in the garden. Are you guys following me? Are you following me?
1: Yes. Are you following me? Yes, yeah. Sure.
0: Because I want us to ask, if God created the garden and He was one that designed that place, where did the serpent just appear? You know, how did the serpent disappear? Where was God? Didn't God see that this was going to happen? Why didn't God stop the serpent from appearing? The question I want to ask you: Who told you God wanted to stop the serpent from appearing? You know, God is very intentional. Cause He saw, He's very intentional. And the first session of the Nahash that we had, I did say that there's something called the ministry of Satan. Satan has a ministry. I'm telling you people something. He has a work that God has assigned him to do from the beginning. Like I said, and I showed us, the serpent was the most cunning of all the beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. We're talking about something that was made cunning Something that was made cunning. He was created like that. Jesus Christ said, you are sons of the devil who was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Jesus, the son of God, declared that he was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. That was his beginning. And God made him that way for a very important work. A very, very, very in, of course, to do it so, of course. To asked, is Satan's ministry part of our sanctification? 100 billion percent. <laughs> One billion percent. Satan's ministry is 100% a part of our sanctification process. Listen to me. There's a reason why in the Middle Ages, Satanism came out. And I think I thought on this a bit in our, when we met physically in December, when we had our first time home session, I explained that there are two types of Satanists in the world today. And I want us to remember this. If we write it down, it'll be great. There are two types of Satanists. The, one, the first type, which is The one everyone is, one everyone knows. People who say, "Oh, Satan is my Lord and Savior." Oh, Satan, I bow down to you. I kiss your feet. This and that. You know, we all know those types. You know, and there's a second type of Satanist, which are people who come to church and all they talk about is Satan. Oh, Satan did this. Oh, Satan, 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 Satan. Oh, God punish Satan. Satan leave my house. So, do you see that both people, their focal point is Satan. They're both Satanists, and I don't miss my words. Both are Satanists. Satan is the focal point of their mind, their heart, their soul, not Christ. When they wake up, the first person, the first name they call is Satan. Satan, come out for a road, dude. I carry all you guys. <laughs> Sorry, that just came out from nowhere. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
6: Why are you finding yourself?
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come on, we all sang this song now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't get break oh. I go jam you, you go permit. <laughs>
3: You've never heard that song before.
0: What? Rumor, come on, how old now? I had the OG here.
5: <laughs> Christ, Rume, you've never, is never that heard that it. it. <laughs> oh, you must have was to a very Tushane, church.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, so all of us are former Satanists in this case. You know, I, I love what Chiamaka just said. Chiamaka said, both worship Satan. One from a place of adoration, one from a place of fear, still worship. Period, Jemaka. That was absolutely brilliant. That's that's the truth. Both are satanists because that's their focal point. Once they wake up, ah, Satan, I rebuke you, I bind you from this place. Don't Satan is just a focal point, you see. And... The reason why those two Satanists appear is because both of them have a revelation of Satan, but they don't realize that the understanding is the point where both meet. Do you understand? The ones who adore and venerate him, I'm sure you must have seen that picture of that being that is fat with horns on his head, you know, like a goat with the star upside down on its forehead, with one hand like this and the other hand like that. I'm sure you must have seen it before. That is called the Baphomet. The Baphomet. You can Google it if you want to. You know the Baphomet. Uh Aha, the Baphomet. (laughs) The Baphomet is a symbol that arose in the Middle Ages from the quote unquote mystical circles, you know? And um, the Satanists that began to venerate and worship Satan, began to do this because they actually caught a revelation about him. They realized, listen, if there's anything, if there's anything the teachings I give us should make us remember is that for everything in life, there is a yin and there is a yang. There is a masculine and there is a feminine there will always be duality. Always. Always. So we need to always remember this. There will, and that's why I always like to show us the two sides because that's where the understanding happens. And I want to let us know that Satan is everyone's greatest enemy, but he's also everyone's greatest friend. Do you guys understand that mystery? Do you understand the mystery? He's one's greatest enemy, but is their greatest friend. And if you understand this, you realize that Christ also is your greatest enemy, but is your greatest friend. <laughs> because you say Jesus Christ is your friend, but all he ever does is try to kill you. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> the
5: truth. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Satan is trying to kill you. Jesus is trying to kill you too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> both of them are trying to kill you. <laughs> you know? The question is, what is one trying to kill you too? And what is the other trying to kill you too? That's the question. But both of them are trying to kill you. Both of them. Both of them. So Jesus is your best friend. <laughs> but <laughs> those of us who know know, Abby. Those of us who know, those we know, eh? Now <laughs> the friendship of Jesus, hmm. <laughs> Maybe look well. <laughs> Joy, you have a question.
2: Yeah. Um, you were yeah. saying about like, you know, the two types of, I guess, Satanists, the ones who,
0: hmm.
2: you know, wake up to Um, You know, yeah, reverence Satan in Mm -hmm. that sense. A a question that I've had in my mind and I've debated it, I've kind of not really clearly gotten an answer yet, is, you know, um, like within the church, where you'd have like people say that God told me X, Y, Z. Would Mm. you say that in some cases where people have that, but then still their conversation often reverences doesn't reverence God, but it's mostly like more focused towards um, Satan in that in that way that you just explained. Would you say that the idea of God is that? Or like, what would you say on that
0: aspect? Of course, it's unquestionable. When you hear them talk, you see that Satan is the Lord and Savior. That's what they all spent all their time talking about. God so is in
2: not the that are- case, they, they're not com- speaking of god who is the only only wise god the true and living god but the one that they see as god which is the adversary
0: well let's just be careful you know because you yeah. know this kind of question i i can just answer And the next thing you go to church tomorrow i start to tell them that you're Satanist. Please, please please don't do <laughs> please let's be careful <laughs> a lot of people don't know that it's also satanism. They don't know, right? So some people they do it in innocence because that's what they believe. That's what, they, that's what they've been taught. Understand, like I said, there's always a duality. I'm cracking jokes out of it, but that doesn't mean that I don't recognize that some people, this is just how they were. I was raised that way. You know, I grew up that way. I grew up by Satan every blessed morning, you know. Not that there's no place for that. There's a place for that. There's a place for spiritual warfare. There is, and we'll get to that series when we get there because don't think that they are not demonic forces around. Of course they are, you see. Like I said, there are complexities. I'm just trying to help us understand the simplicity before we enter into deeper things, you know. So yeah, people who do that, it's still satanism because satan is just the point. That's all they talk about. Not God, not Christ. Christ, that's why we study the Bible. You, you know, some people talk about how the people in the Old Testament don't have revelation. It's because they don't have revelation. That's why they were saying that it's God that destroyed this, destroyed that. They, they, you know, they didn't have... But that statement is ignorant. It's because they had revelation that David could say, even though he slayed me, yet shall I trust him. Do you understand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, even if we don't get delivered from this fire, we will still believe in our God. That's revelation. That's revelation. Even in that, they were still able to see God. That's all they saw. Even if there were seven devils, they saw the one that was still the head of all principalities and powers. And that's who they remained. They, they, they continue to address. They didn't waste their time with devils. What's the point? The devils are boy-boy to someone else. Why don't you meet your guy at the top? They understood this. This is the mystery. Isn't so this idea of chasing is, is nonsense. How can you say that they don't have revelation? Of course, they have revelation. And that's why they could see God through everything. You see? That's why Joseph said, What the enemy meant for evil, God turned it out to be my good. God is always glorified. God is always glorified. That's the point. Don't waste energy attributing everything to the devil. God is the one that is glorified because God is the one that is seen. You see? Have you seen my servant, Joe? (laughs) God set that man up. (laughs) He didn't expect it. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Let me bring another scripture for you guys today because let's not look as if it's only Old Testament. (laughs) Oh, my. Sorry, guys. Google is my friend. So if I can remember the actual verse, I just uh, I just really pop into Google. So the next scripture will be Luke twenty-two, verse thirty-one. But people, are we understanding? Are we understanding the conversation so far? Is it going on going over anyone's head? I think your laughter is killing us <laughs> softly.
5: <laughs> oh <laughs> my! God. Please, how uh, how
8: are you doing it? That you are doing this thing, you are doing bombing everywhere, and you are still laughing. What kind of <laughs> is that? Please,
0: I'm having ah. fun. Trust me.
8: Oh, we should be scared of you.
6: <laughs> <laughs> and you're laughing, like <laughs> take one for the road, boom.
0: <laughs> take one for the road.
4: <laughs> oh, please don't. we should
0: be scared. <laughs> Okay, before I pose this scripture, she also asked me, she said, how was Jesus Christ a Satan to the Pharisees? Of course. Don't you know that when he used to make certain statements to them, he was, quote-unquote, tempting them? You know, when he said, before Abraham was, I am. You think he didn't know that he was inciting their pride? Of course he was. You understand? Like we said, the serpent is a reflection of your desires. He brings it out, he drags it out of you. Desires that you do not know were present, he brings it out. So when Jesus Christ made all those stuff and angered them, it was intentional. In that moment, he was playing the role of the adversary. He was the adversary, he was. Exactly, Miriam, he was a sanctified troublemaker. He was, he brought out their filthiness. Do you understand what I'm saying? They didn't kill Jesus, Jesus killed himself. He manipulated them to kill him. Do you guys get what I'm saying? He manipulated them. He was in control. He was the one that, don't you understand? He didn't go to Jerusalem for many years because he knew what would happen when he went there. So when it was time for him to do what he wanted to do, that's why he went there. And he said the things he knew that would make them have to kill him. He was in control all along. How can you kill the, how can you? Did you hear when he said that no one takes my life from me, I lay down? What? How can you say they killed him? Who has that power? Nonsense! Of course, they didn't kill him. How can you kill the Christ? What are you talking about? The wisdom of the whole universe. Sorry, guys, I'm just a bit passionate. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
5: I'm
0: coming. I'm coming. Don't worry, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming, you know. They couldn't kill him. He was in control. He manipulated all of them down to the letter. You see? Pilate said, young man, do you not know that I have authority over your life or your death? Ah! All the while, Jesus Christ was silent. When they were saying all these things, he was quiet. But the moment he made that atrocious statement, he said, listen to me, you mad. No one has authority except my father in heaven gives it to them. You need a demand to know that you see me, you see me, you see me on this now. I'm still in charge. Do you understand? I mean, have you watched this movie called Femme Fatale? (laughs) Have you heard of it? Have you heard of all these? uh, uh You know, it's not a very good movie, but I watched it a long time ago and it, it serves a perfect picture. Like in, in Soviet, in the ancient, what well, they see do it, but you know, Soviet spies, especially women, you know, they train them to use seduction as a weapon, you know? So you carry the woman, you know, you take her to your room and everything. You think you're the one who control her. <laughs> you don't know that she's the one that has been controlling everything until it's time to kill you, you see. So it looks like she's at the bottom. She, it looks like she's the one that is at your mercy, but you don't know that you are the one that is at her mercy. And they know how to play, But even in ancient China, they are courtesans, those are their prostitutes. They train them to be very, you know, they were always very polite. They will always smile. They will never show any negative emotion. They will always stroke your ego. They were, you know, but they were manipulating you. You think you are in control? No! They, they will do whatever you want and you think that you are in control, but you don't know that they are the ones that have the power. Listen, life is dual. There is power at the top of the tower, but there's also power at the root. Those people learned how to have the power at the root. It's a mystery. You see? That's why corporations are afraid of trade unions. Because when the people at the bottom bind together, of course, they're more powerful. If all Bill Gates uh, employees gang together and say, oh, God, now we won't take over the company. It's It's finished. It's finished now because who is, going to, who is going to deliver the laptop to customers? Who is going to do all the computing work? he's finished. That's why the people at the top, they make sure that the people at the bottom are divided. Because when you divide them, you can conquer them. But the moment they come together, ah, you think God was crazy when he had to scatter Tower of Babel? <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> there's power at the top and there's power at the bottom there's power at the bottom. So when Jesus Christ was at cross there, that was power at the bottom. It looked like he was the one under dominion, but they didn't didn't know that he was the one that was over them. It's a mystery, you see. And I I use that Soviet and the ancient Chinese uh, prostitutes as an example. They will just smile and put perfume and say everything you want to hear. And you think you're controlling them, sure. Until they bring out that knife and it's too late. What can you do? You know? So Jesus Christ manipulated all those people. Exactly confidence. Nikita, that was another show like that. You know, Jesus Christ manipulated all these people. Manipulated them. Of course, because they were, they were slaves to their desires. So if he wanted to get them to do what he wanted to do, all he needed to do was to spark those desires. He brought out those animals. Once he brought them out, those people, he, you could predict what's going to happen. It's not hard. That's why they say, the one who can make you angry has control over you. Of course, he was in control of all of them. They didn't know. He was saying things that like they would shout. Can you imagine? In just they come, they watch them and say, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you are going along with the script, you know. In that moment, he was a sitter. Not in a negative sense, you know, but in a positive sense. <laughs> if he said, I never knew I heard Jesus and manipulation in the same sentence. Yeah, listen, like I said, everything is dual. So you can always see everything in both sides. One just has to know how to dance because it's a dance. And if one is not careful, one can leave this conversation and very, very much misunderstand me. It's so easy. That's why I'm taking my time because right now I'm dancing. And with the dance, you move to the left, you move to the right. And that's what the Bible talks about, the knowledge of good and evil, the the, the balance between the two. If you take one, you've already missed it and errors come. So it's a dance, you see? And that's why you see the yin and yang, it's also a dance. You know, you have the white fish with the black face and the black fish with the white face, you know. <laughs> is it
5: that?
9: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: is it that? <laughs>
0: <You>. <laughs> so, on one hand, Satan is coming to cause trouble and this and that and that and this and that and that. But on the other hand, he is a very important ingredient for not only the salvation, but the growth of every believer. I'll say it again. Satan is a very important ingredient, not just for the salvation, but the growth of every believer. Don't you know that there are some people who came to God after God unleashed Satan to them that problem came to their life that they had to find Jesus? Don't you know that? Do you think it's coincidental? I know what I'm saying. I'm not just talking stories. We'll bring it in scripture, but I want to first talk about it in reality. Exactly, Rome. When you see that he sent a tormenting spirit to solve, didn't you see that he is the head of all principalities and powers we insult God a lot. with the way we live, so we insult God is an insult. It's, it's an insult to His Majesty. My God, what? We insult God a lot. We insult Him. What? He said, "I'm the governor amongst the nations." And these nations he was talking about were the Assyrians, the Gergeshites, the Hittites, the Amorites that were the enemies of Israel, and he said, "I'm the governor of the nations. I am the governor." Nebuchadnezzar had a king that he didn't know. of course this king was Jehovah. without a doubt, God said, "Assyria is a rod in my hand. Assyria is a rod in my hand. So at Xerxes thought that his global conquest was something that was his own machination. He didn't know that there was a voice behind his voice. <laughs> Pharaoh thought he was in charge. He didn't know that there was one behind him, the governor among the nations. The governor. The governor. The power. Jesus Christ doesn't only have authority in heaven. Understand, he's also the king of the underworld. I need us to get this. He has authority in heaven and he has authority in hell. Do you understand what David said? If I lay my head in heaven, if I lay my bed in heaven, you are there. If I lay my bed in hell, you are there. Exactly to do it so. The beginning and the end. If you can read, he is the purple, the ultraviolet, and he is the infrared. Do you see it? The ultraviolet and the infrared. He is the falsetto and he is the bass baritone. It's a mystery. He's a mystery. He's the lion and the lamb is a mystery. He's the yin and he's the yang. It's a mystery. One has to sit down and read to understand the Christ. It's a mystery. He's the governor amongst the nations. He's the governor amongst the nations. You see, the governor. The governor amongst the nations. I want it to dwell, enter into our heads. The governor amongst the nations. I didn't learn this. Understand, I'm giving scripture now, but I didn't learn it from scripture. I learned it from experiences that I saw. Did I tell you of some? I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. For the sake of truth. For the sake of truth. Once upon a time, there was indeed an experience that I had. And it's true that as I laid in my bed in the middle of the night, the spirit of the Lord took me out of my body and it took me beneath the earth, deep, deep into the abyss, deep, deep into the abyss. And I found myself in an underground kingdom there were many peoples there, many people, and they were diabolic, they were evil, evil. And God said, go there and take dominion. And I went into this place, I can't forget the door into that place. It was horrible. The door had human faces that were mashed. It was, it was grotesque, it was ugly. And as I opened the door, there was one sitting upon the throne, but there was another one that was standing. There were two there were one, but the one that was, how can I explain it? God help me. I entered into the chamber and there was one sitting upon the throne. This was in the underworld. This is not heaven? There was one sitting upon the throne and there was another person that was standing in that room who was also the same person on the throne. And when it came to me, he started to change his face. And as, it was, as his face was changing, I saw different things started to come out of me, like fear, like anger, like lust. And that was the battle because the moment these things came out of me, then he has power. So that's why when they appear, cause some of us must have had dreams before. And you can be honest in the dream, a woman can appear, a man can appear. They won't even do much. Maybe they can just touch you a little bit. And then you wake up and you see that you've had a wet dream. Of course, these are evil spirits that are serpentine in nature and they know how to extract the negative passions in you. They know how to do it. Once they just appear, their presence is like a magnet. And if there is the metal inside of you, it comes out, you know, and that's how they attack. It can even be your rage, once they appear, it's like a magnet, <laughs> it's just bringing it out of you. And once it comes out, you're finished because now they've got you. <laughs> you know? So as that thing came in front of me, which was an extension of the person on that throne and the room was pitch black on the stand, it came in front of me and it started to bring it out. In that moment, I just started to remember my God. I started to remember my God. And God said to me, declare light in the name of Jesus. And I declared it. And I saw the light just come out. And it shone through the whole room. And I looked at the one on the throne. And I threw a spear into his heart. These are still symbols, but that's what happened. As I threw the spear, it fell to the ground. And God said, go and sit on that throne. This was in the underworld. And I sat on it. And I kid you not, I don't like talking about these things because it's so easy for one to misunderstand it, you know, but I'll just say it because it's true. And I kid you not, the demons that were under the jurisdiction of the one that was on the throne, when I sat on it, all of them came out and they bowed down. But it wasn't me, understand? It was Christ that was doing all these things. But in that moment, I was absorbed into Christ and he allowed me to have that experience. You know, and as I sat down on that throne, all of them came and they bowed in front. Like I said, it's not me, it was Christ. But in that moment, I and Christ were not separate. It was a unity and they bowed. And I came out and said, my God, how can one talk about something like this? I'm sure some people are here like, yeah, now nah, you're afraid, Abby. <laughs> you know.
8: It's bringing to mind this verse on how we are seated in heavenly places above, you know, principalities and power. I think, you, um, like, it's symbolic for, you know, the place of authority that the bride is supposed to have over like this yes. month when she has um, merged with Christ, when she has aligned with God.
0: Yes. Because a real son of God, I want us to understand this. A real son of God doesn't just command legions of angels. A real son of God commands legions of devils. Don't you understand? The knowledge of good and evil is a mystery. The knowledge of good and evil, they have authorities, the yin and yang. Both are conquered in themselves. They are beyond it. Do you understand what I'm telling you? The authority is complete and they utilize both for the work. Oh! Do you understand? (laughs) I don't like talking about, I just like to use scripture, scripture because it's easier for us to understand because if one does start to talk about experience, one will be afraid. And that's why I, I use scripture before talking about experience because it's not scripture that I learn these things from. I keep saying it. It's not scripture. There are things that I saw and I couldn't talk for years. Even to now, I don't talk because I had to first of all find scripture for people, not for me, but for people because if I just say it, they will misunderstand. I've been caught all kinds of things before, you know they'll misunderstand because it's a dance. It's a dance. And if one doesn't get it, one will either fall on the left side or on the right side, and they've missed it because it's the knowledge of good and evil. It's a balance. It's a balance. It's a very delicate balance. It's the middle path. It's a delicate balance. That's why Christ could sit down with harlots and it was as if it was a part of them. Don't you understand? The one who is beyond good and evil, beyond it, So if you can sit down with these people and you think he's a part of them. It is written in the book of Revelations that the people in hell were tormented in the presence of the lamb. Although that word tormented is a wrong translation, but the lamb was there in hell, seated there in hell in Revelation. The lamb was right there. You say Satan is in hell. The lamb was there in hell. That's what's written there. The lamb was in hell. Are you getting what I'm saying? The lamb was there. Did you see that after he died, he went down into Hades to seize the gates? The Christ, it's not really a lord of heaven. It's also a lord of hell. And psychologically and individually speaking, to be a lord of hell means to have dominion of all your animals. That's why Daniel had to shut those lions up. It's a mystery. That's what we're explaining. If you could read, that's why Daniel had to go into that pit and seize the power of those lions. That was him becoming the king in hell. Same with Joseph. That's why he went into the pit. It's a mystery. The pit is a symbol for hell. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That is what is being explained. Do you see? That's why Abraham had to descend into Egypt and he seized authority. That's why he left there with great wealth. Israel had to enter into Egypt. They had to live with great wealth. You understand? The Bible calls it hidden riches of darkness. It's a mystery. Light is called forth from darkness. That principle is immutable. You see it everywhere. Yes, of course, Miriam. David went out to meet Goliath. Some of us Goliath is are pride. And until we have dominion over that thing, how can you, what are you talking about? You see, it's a mystery. So God has dominion, not only in heaven, but also in hell. When Jesus Christ said, listen to me, not one stone will be left atop another. Who do you think he called to carry out the work of the destruction of Israel? Do you think it was angels? How do us understand things? How can we understand? I said God has all the power. Are you listen to me. God has all the power. That's who you should be. Af- you should be afraid. No, not really. But if there's anyone you should be afraid of, it's God. I said God has all the power. Are you listen to me. <laughs> Are you listening to me?
5: (laughs) Fear God.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm getting there to do it. So don't worry. We're on the the journey. And you'll see it when I get there. All right. I'm going to post a scripture right now. I just want us to make sure that we're showing how it's with the Bible. And I'm not just trying to manipulate the Bible. If you listen very, there's no Bible manipulation. Yes. You're going to see how it's all flowing and God is still being glorified take notes and that's how you listen to teaching find out what is being glorified you know god is being glorified i'm not dabbling scriptures and I'll tell you okay go out and sleep with seven people no god is still being glorified so that's the dance it doesn't ever leave the the direct you know path so i'm posting the scripture right now this is Luke, chapter 22 verse 31 to 32 and i shall read this is jesus now this is not old testament this is new Testament. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. Really? So Satan can approach Jesus to ask him for somebody. Wow. I thought Satan and Jesus Christ did not ever near each other. Hmm. Okay. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Take note of these words. Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you like wheat. Right? Then Jesus Christ says, but I have prayed for you. Why is he praying for him if he was not giving him to Satan? Are you, you guys understanding what I'm saying? Why would, you, why would you, if you are going to keep him away from Satan, why would you need to pray for him? <laughs> Are you guys following me? Why would you need to pray for him if you are not going to release him to Satan? Well, before I go forward, confidence, your hand has been raised. Let me not uh, deal with you today. Let's let's go.
5: <laughs>
6: hey, you know that I've given my life to Jesus. I'm not a way child anymore. If
5: <laughs> you <Yeah.
6: laughs> like, don't call my name. God will call my name. <laughs>
5: He called
6: you, you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, my question, uh, this conversation about um, Satan, especially when you uh, make it in reference to Job chapter one, um, when he says that the sons of God um, came and then Satan you know, presented himself before God. It drew my, my mind back to the conversation on the Elohim and the sons of God. you know. But the, the, the question now is, you know, when we talk say that Satan is not in, an individual, but is in nature, you know, I want you to kind of like draw the parallel or kind of like give us further insight on how this nature is a son of God. You know, I think it has to do with all the things you've been saying because if Satan can come before God as a son of God, and the sons of God are kind of like um, the. I don't know how you explain it when we're doing the Elohim, but um, yeah, I wanted you to flesh that out um, for further understanding.
0: Mm. We'll get there. That, those those places that would take us in very deep waters. I'm I'm just being careful. First of all, um, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's just laugh a bit first. <laughs> Like I said, it's a dance. So even though I say that um, Satan is in nature and essence, it's still, it's still, there's still an individuality to it, right? But that individuality is not bound in one place. You can't find Satan separate from man because both are, are part and parcel of one another. It's, it's a part of, you know, Like I said, the serpent was created by God, you see. But the serpent is only black because man is black. If there is nothing dirty in you, then he's not a tempter. He's only a tempter when you have something to be tempted by. Does that make sense?
6: Yeah.
0: The rest of us, do we understand that? Yeah, it
6: makes a lot of sense. He's yeah.
0: only a tempter, uh-huh. He's only a tempter when there is something in us that can be tempted. I dare say that we are the reason why Satan is black. Because the moment you become white, he doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yet, don't you know that Jesus Christ had flesh that that needed to be put under subjection? Of course, he was tempted. Do you think that Jesus Christ didn't have flesh to put under dominion? Of course, he was. He was tried in all points as we but sinned not. But he was tried because he had aspects of himself that needed to be put on that subjection. It is written that the Christ learned obedience through what he suffered. Really? So he did stop like that? Wow, I didn't know. Mm. That should teach us something. Jesus was a man. We need to remember this. He was a man. He was a man. He is still a man. He is an Adam. The complete, true, and perfect Adam, he's still a man. Anything less than that is less than a man, you see. He's man. And Satan. Satan. Hey, okay, so blessing by the fantastic scripture. I will no longer talk much with you For the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. This was a statement made by Jesus the Christ. Of course, he was saying that there's nothing that I can be tempted with. Because, like I said, for you to be tempted, there has to be something within you that can be tempted. So he was saying the ruler of this world, the carnal nature, the flesh has nothing in me. You can't tempt me with nothing. It's impossible. You just can't, do you understand? You can't, can you bribe a one year old with money? They have no framework to have value for money. You can't tempt them with it. You can tempt them with breast milk now, <laughs> but not money. Because that is money doesn't mean anything to them. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? I'm sure the difficulty we're all having now is that, okay, okay, so who is this Satan now? Because this nature, this essence, who is this Satan in particular? I'm sure all of us have that question in our mind. Confess. the same
6: thing we keep trying to do to God. We're trying to rope him down to one thing. You can't rope it.
0: It it will fail. So there's a reason why I'm just doing, I'm just flowing like this, because you can't peg it down. You You can't. even if I do so, it's, I, can, I, can say, okay, I can say, okay, Satan, okay. Maybe we can say the, 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 the being, Moloch, okay, that's Satan. Yes, okay, no problem. But it can't, it's not Satan exclusively. There are other things like that, that can also be called Satan. So even if I call a particular person Satan, that thing is not Satan all by itself. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not doing this for the sake of, okay, let's just have a bit of something that we can hold. Because if I say, for example, this is Christ, did you read in the Bible that when they came to meet Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, they could not tell who was who, because all of them were Christ? Are you understanding? All of them were Christ. You can't tell who was who. Do you understand? It's like a whole family of emakers. This one is a This a maker. This a maker. This a maker. Then you now ask, okay, which emaker are you looking for? Are you looking for the emaker that is married to a berry? Okay, that's him there. You guys get what I'm saying? (laughs) But all of them are a maker. But if you want to not make distinction, okay, this is a maker, he's married to a berry. This is a maker, the lawyer. This is a maker, the dancer. You understand? Exactly, Rachel. That's why Judas had to kiss him because they couldn't identify which was which. All of them look the same. Right? So even if I say, this one person is Christ, don't you understand that... What did, what did, what, don't you understand that? Christ isn't one person. Christ is one spirit. Abraham is Christ. Moses is Christ. Isn't it written in Hebrews that Moses considered the reproach of Christ of more value than the riches of Egypt? It was Christ. Paul said, don't you know that the rock that followed the children of Israel was Christ? The spiritual rock. So in the Old Testament, you read it as if it's a physical rock that was falling there, but that was symbolic. It was Christ? Elijah is Christ. Melchizedek is Christ. Enoch is Christ. They are Christ. All of them. But like I said, there's a maker that is married to a berry. There's a maker that is a, a dancer. There's a, a maker that is married to Chiamaka. <laughs> You understand, uh-huh. So there is distinction between the igogo. Uh-huh. I like you. You're getting me. Go wrote degrees. So you see all this analogy I'm giving. I'm, I'm not just talking nonsense. I know what I'm saying. Degrees. There are degrees, but they are Christ. But they are degrees. You see, there are degrees. There's levels to this. Like I say, there's there's levels to this. You know. Tureto so asked the question. She said, "For me, I'm also asking." Why does it need to be chained for a thousand years if he's just doing his job? Well, the last part of your sentence has already answered the question. I know that revelation is highly symbolic though. Uh-huh. So you've already answered the question. Though there, is, there's, there will still be a kind of literal manifestation of that scripture, but it's symbolic because it is written. That a day to God is like a thousand years. Hmm, That's a mystery. If a day to God is like a thousand years, when they say that Satan is bound for a thousand years, they're talking about the day of the Lord. And what is the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord is sunrise when the revelation of Christ happens within you and in the world around you. And it's called a dreadful day because when the light of Christ arises, sin, dirtiness is destroyed. So it's dreadful for the carnal nature. The carnal nature flees for his life. It burns everything down. It's catastrophic. That's why the book of Revelation is just filled with destruction and chaos. And of course, isn't that what happened to every one of us? When Christ appeared, didn't he scatter your world? Isn't he scattering your world right now? The abuse you wanted to abuse, now you can't do it in peace. Of course, there's trouble in you. That's the earthquake happening and the thunderstorms. It's destroying your world. Do you get what I'm saying? This is a mystery. But I don't want us to deviate too much. That's another stuff entirely. Let's stay on the path. We're talking about the Satan. You see. And Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you like wheat. This is so interesting. What does Satan have to do With sifting like wheat. Have you not heard this sifting like wheat before? Who is the one that does the sifting of wheat? Who can tell me? Sifting of wheat. Where have we heard this before? Huh? The
6: Lord, when he talks about the winnowing.
0: Aha! The winnowing fork in his hand and he shall separate the chaff from the wheat. So is it God that is doing it or is it Satan? Hmm. I wonder. Are you guys seeing the dance? when we talk about separating chaff from wheat the hebrews were if people they were they were like they were into agriculture you know they were into agriculture so of course, because your knowledge, your poetry has to be a reflection of whatever occupation it is that you have. So it's not strange that all their teachings were around, you know, farming, fishing, and all that. In this day and time, if we write books, we use Apple laptop, mobile phone, because that's the word we see today. We won't use lion and all these things. But in their time, these are the things they saw. So they can use lion as a big danger because in those times it was real danger. But today, well, what can we call lion? Let me not say something that would be too much of a uh, shade. (laughs) Let me just control myself. (laughs) But we know the different lions that exist today. Let's not call any names, you know, but the glory of God. Anyway, when we talk about separating chaff from wheat, for those who might be familiar with um, wheat, when it grows, it's the wheat itself that one eats, it's inside of a, a, a casing, right? It's inside of a casing, you know? So when you have harvested the wheat from the ground, you break the casing with stick. Of course, today we have technology that does it so much better, but back then they didn't have machines and all that. So they had to beat it with sticks to remove the wheat from the chaff. The wheat is what you eat. That's like, have you seen this granola that we buy that you have to bite it like this and they remove the nut inside and eat? Have you seen that before? I'm sure we've seen that before, you know? So, Wheat is just like that granite, you know? You say, It's what is inside that you need. And that's also a symbol for the soul, for the spirit in you, and that external casing is the flesh. But that's, that will just take us elsewhere, you know? But the chaff from the wheat, you know? When God does the work of purification in us, he separates us from the un, 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 unwanted elements in ourselves, The useless things in us, he separates it so that the useful things can come out. So the question I'm asking, this holy and divine work of separating the useless from the useful, why did Jesus Christ attribute it to Satan? My God, what have you missed all these years? I taught these two people when I cut a mouse. I thought Satan is God's enemy. Really? Is he God's enemy? Or is he man's enemy? Hmm. I wonder. These are questions we need to ask. When they say Satan is the adversary, who's adversary? How can this be God's adversary? i we think about it. How can it be God's adversary? What? It's an insult. It's an insult. How can Satan be God's enemy? It's an insult. Of the highest proportions. What? The almighty God? Wow. Let every one of us here repent right now. I can Satan be God's adversary. Is your adversary? Is you. Is you is your adversary. Is your adversary? Is your enemy that you must fight? Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Wow. So you mean that after being handed over to the Satan, it is possible that strength can come out? Wow. This is a mystery. <laughs> and strength wow. enough to strengthen others. Do you understand, Kusiso? And we saw it in the book of Acts. Didn't you see the sofa head that came upon them? Didn't you see it? Didn't you see it? I mean, didn't you see it? They beat hell. Out. Like literally, they literally beat hell out of these people. <laughs> Have you seen the select church where they use flogging flog to remove madness? <laughs> they flogged madness from their body, <laughs> Strength had to come out by my force. They didn't have a choice, strength must come. <laughs> they flog madness from them.
5: <laughs>
0: oh my God. <laughs> they beat that, they beat hell out of them, literally. They, they literally beat hell. Their head had to be correct. <laughs> Paul said, I die daily. (laughs) Oh God, they dealt with them. Aye, they dealt with them. Jesus, they dealt with them. And it was Jesus that handed them over. I said, Fear God. I said, Fear God. He's the one that handed them over. I said, Fear God. Fear God. You are fearing Satan. You better fear God. You're to, pill- uh, fear God. Hey, fear God. God is the one you should be afraid of. What is Satan? Fear God. He gave them over. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He gave them over. He said, Satan has come to ask for you. Can you imagine? Satan can. You know, you know, like when you go to market and you want to buy bread. And so Satan called me Jesus Christ. He went to meet Jesus He said, hey, please, I need I need a Peter. Uh, you can add Andrew to the list. <laughs> you can put James as well. <laughs> he was making requests for them. And Jesus Christ said, hmm, okay, you can take them. <laughs> You know, <laughs> put James. Oh, yeah, you said put James as Jared. Yes, add James. <laughs> you can add some James too. <laughs> Give me some Bartholomew as well with some ketchup on that. <laughs> oh, my God. Fear God. <laughs> I said, fear God. I said, fear God. This is not book of Job now. We're not reading Old Testament. This is not book of Job. This is New Testament. This book of Luke I showed you. This this is not even Paul's word. This is Christ. Paul said his own tool we're going to get there. Right? This is Christ himself. This is Christ. Handing over his beloved disciples to Satan. Wow. This is a mystery. Wow. And from that they were going to receive strength. Let me show you another scripture. I'm painting a picture. Was she talking about Genesis? so I hope you guys are not lost. Are you aware that was she talking about Genesis? Who can tell me why was she talking about? Tell me how was she talking about Genesis? Who can tell me? Uh. That's where the adversary was first introduced.. Uh-huh. And it was the same walk, except Adam and Eve failed. It's not God's hope for you to fail, right? He doesn't send it to you for you to fail. He sends it for you He sends it to you for you to pass. But you're going nowhere until you pass that test. You're not going anywhere. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you seen the, 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 the requirement? To enter into the US Marine Corps, you will suffer in that boot camp. Before they they, they, they put you in the the brigade, you have to go through their crash course. Until you pass that Satan, you're going nowhere. So understand, Satan can be anything. It can be even a video game you're playing, it's an adversary to you. Until you pass that stage, you can't go anywhere. Are you guys getting my point? Are you getting my point? I'm trying to let us see how Satan is not just in one thing you can see it in every different thing. When you go to the gym and you run, in that moment you have made that machine is Satan that you must overcome. You must run at least 15 minutes. Not that you run 5 minutes you do <laughs> you drink some water, you eat some cake, you add another two lick ice cream. Now go run again. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? That's why the Hebrew writers could call the king of Adam, Satan, to Solomon. He could call the angel of the Lord, Satan, to Balaam. Do you see? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. I when I say mystery, it means it's there for everyone to see. But the question is, can you read? Uh-huh. It's just there for everyone to read. So when God sends the Satan, Is for your benefit. Didn't you see what Jesus Christ said? Strengthen your brethren, because if you pass it, you are gonna come out with strength. Of course, every time you defeat something, you gain strength, you gain experience. This mystery is why when they want to vaccinate you, they vaccinate you by introducing into your body the same virus they want to save you from. Is it a lie? Is snake yeah. antidotes? Is anti-venom not made from venom? That's the mystery. So when they want to vaccinate you from polio, from yellow fever, from whatever, they inject you with the yellow fever, <laughs> so that as your as your your cells are fighting them, they're fighting this Satan. Is getting strength. Is but when they beat it, hey, they can come back and strengthen brain. That's Peter now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Peter. So the doctor that introduces the polio into your body, introduce the yellow fever, introduce the hay fever in the name of vaccine. That's handing you over to Satan, in hope that you dominate it and become strong. Because he who must ascend, must first descend. This is the law. Nothing breaks that law. You put a seed into the ground. Watch it. It will first go down. The roots first go down. Then the tree will come up. That's what the Bible says. The one, the righteous is one who is planted downward and bears fruit upward. That's, that's the mystery. That downward fruit is not, they're not talking about literal planting. They're talking about you becoming the Lord in hell. In the hell of your anger, the hell of your loss, the hell of your greed. Becoming a king over that. Ruling it and it can never rule over you anymore. Bringing it under subjection of the power of Christ. That's what it means to dig, to let your roots go downward and the fruits come upward. Of course, in yet you're seeing it. There's duality in everything. And once you start to understand this, many things just start to make sense, especially in our lives. You see? Exactly if he, the depths of your hell is the height of your heaven. The Burj Khalifa in Dubai, that is... Presently the tallest building in the world. You don't want to imagine how deep the foundation is. It's deep, it's deep because life is yin and yang. So for it to be that high, it has to be this low, it's yin and yang. Yin and yang is not, it doesn't belong to anybody. Do you understand? It's a divine revelation. That's just what, it just happens to be that that's what they call it in China. But it doesn't belong to anyone. The yin and yang always existed long before they gave it a name. Even when the Hebrews said, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it existed even before they called it that. You know, it was the tree of, it it existed before they called it that. It's a duality. It's always existed. Before there was the Alpha and the Omega, the Greek alphabets, or there was the Aleph and the Tav, the Hebrew alphabet, before there was the A and Z, it always existed. You know? So these are not new things that we're propagating. It's all the lion and the lamb, exactly on Yichi, The lion and the lamb. The serpent and the dove. Christ is both, but let's not go there today. That's another mystery. <laughs> anyway, let's open Timothy now. Let's open Timothy. Are we able to see the scripture? I just pasted it. Are we able to see the scripture? First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. And I read. This was Paul talking to his very beloved disciple, Timothy. He said, this charge I commit to you, son, Timothy. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Of course, when they say they have suffered shipwreck, it's a metaphor. Of course, we all know what that means, right? Everyone knows what that means when they say they suffered shipwreck. We understand what it means. Aha, uh-huh. aha. Uh-huh. So, concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Himeneus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Do you see what Paul said? Let me read it again in case we didn't hear. For those who are on the podcast, we are reading First Timothy chapter one, verse eighteen to twenty. Right now, I'm reading verse 19. Paul said to Timothy, "Timothy, well, this is verse 20. Of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Wow. So being delivered to Satan can make someone learn to not blaspheme? It can lead them to learning How to be faithful to God? Someone say, wow. Can someone say it for me, please? Say, wow. (laughs) Please, I need to hear it.
6: Wow. 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 Wow.
0: I love you guys, man. Come on. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. Exactly, I, 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 Abby. The school of Jacob. Wow. So it still continues in the New Testament? Wow. I thought it was just the Old Testament. I thought the people in the Old Testament didn't have revelation. Wow. So, to do it, so Omar is like an exclamation. It's like, how, how can I explain it? Who can I explain Omar to, to do it, so please? <laughs> <laughs> English is a, a, a language. <laughs> English is not sufficient. English can't explain. Omo is like when your mind is blown, you say omo. That's how it, That's so I can only explain to you how it's used. I can't really tell you the meaning, but I can only tell you when it's used. When your mind is blown, you are like omo. Whoa! It's like a it's like a mind blowing, you know, uh, um, exclamation. Exactly, Abby. Omo means man, like. You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So that's who gets it. So it was not only Jesus Christ. Are you seeing what I explained to you? That sons of God also have authority over devils. Because it's okay if Jesus Christ said, I'll hand you over to Satan, he's Jesus Christ. But Paul had the capacity to do it. And he's handing them over. I myself have had direct experiences of these things. You know, I'll tell you of an experience once if you've noticed, I've started talking about experiences more because God told me to just start talking. So I would, from time to time, I'll be sharing some of these things, you know, because I know that soon the gates will be open for a number of us. And, um, all this is just preparation, you know, for what is to come. And I think I've even shared this one before. So I was in the realm of the spirit and, um, and, um, I was in a marching band and now when I reflect now, I can see that that marching band was the Lord's army. So I was in a band. I was marching, I was marching. And I think I was beating a drum or something. I was beating a drum. I was the drummer in the the band. I was walking. And there was a person who was standing on a fence and that was Michael, Angel Michael. And as he we was standing there, as we were marching, he would flog me. Ah! And he did it the first time I screamed. Ah! I said, what kind of pain is this? I'll keep on marching. He would flog me again. I said, ah. I was still marching. Then he flogged me the third time. As he flogged me, I just picked up a spear. I hurled it at him. And as I did it, his face changed. He looked at me. Look at my face, if you can see my face. He looked at me like, we've got you. He wanted to bring out that thing in me to let me know that anger was still very much there. And then they, they ejected me from that place. You know. There's another time, and this was a particular angel who was the one who really trained me, I will say. I won't call his name because, because, because. But he was the one who, I won't say I owe a lot to him, but he's he's still Christ. But this particular angel, uh, yeah, yeah, he was the one who, yeah, I have deep veneration, deep veneration for him. My gratitude is, 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 oof. So one time in the realm of the spirit, you can call it a dream, but it's not a dream because I was conscious. We'll, we'll enter the dream series later, you know. Like I said, a dream is just the beginning. Because when you say dream, you sleep, a movie happens that you don't have any control over, you are not aware and you wake up. But it goes beyond that. There are worlds beyond the physical plane that many people exist and live in. They go about their business like any other person. This physical world is not all that exists, telling you the truth. The same way we have occupation in this physical world, we have families, Is like that there. Same essence, but it expresses itself differently, but it's the same. So, I was in the realm of the spirit, whatever you want to call it. And I was with this angel, and he was with another angel. Well, I could tell you the name of that one. That one was Raziel. And we're walking, eh, today to say astral plane, wow. <laughs> well people call different things what they want but the fact is that reality is what reality is whatever you call it is up to you you know so to that so it seems anyway let me talk about that here so we're working she was working with me that was the angel who trained me and then another one called Raziel not Azriel Raziel Raziel I know someone wants to Google it. That's why I didn't call the other one because I know we'll Google that one and I don't want to do that. <laughs> Brazil. So when they were walking, I was working with them, and I was just being in their presence, I was just like a child. I was just, you know, I was just so submissive. I was just so excited. I was like, man, I'm with my bros, man. <laughs> so I was just so. So I walked with them and we went into a house. So I went into the house. The angel that trained me, like I said, he's this was one who God sent, and so I had veneration. If he tells me jump off a cliff, I won't think I would just jump because, 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 like, you know. So they sat down on a chair, two of them, and they opened cans of beer, and they were drinking the beer. I thought it was strange, but these are my bros. I mean, there must be some mystery here. i must not seen, so. Beer, yeah, right? I don't care. Like, you know, that, that's just that's how my mind was like, like, like I was so submissive that I was so submissive that anything they did, I would just follow because, like, my bros. So, as I was drinking the beer, the angel that trained me said, Hey, El Shakar, take one. And as he offered it to me, I asked God, God said, Don't take it. God told me, "Don't take it." So then I asked me again, "Elshakar, will you take the beer?" God said, "Don't take it," but I said, "Ah, this is my bro." <laughs> I took it. As I took it, his face changed. He became like this, like stern. He said, "Let this be the last time you disobey your inner father." Why? <laughs> I said, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> so as they did it, they were tricking me. They, they became a satan in that moment. They were tricking me. So after the, I now accepted the beer, they started whispering to themselves. They started shaking their head. I'm sure in that moment, a demotion happened to me spiritually. They said, this guy is not ready. That's just the truth. That's just the truth. I'm sure that's what happened. I can never know, but I'm sure that's what happened because as they did it, they started to shake their head. They were talking to each other, they started to shake their head. <laughs> exactly, Jeff as the Lord yourself had gave me. <laughs> you know. I failed it. There are even times when they've sent witches in the form of that thing is that all oh, I've seen. Yeah. They've sent witches in the form of seductresses to me. And that was the exam. And they will come. And they will take the form. Maybe some fantasy I had before I started following God. Which even though I'm not focused on it now, but it's still deep in my subconscious, they will bring it before me. Back in the day, I was very infatuated with Rihanna. This is just the truth. And they brought her one day in the dream. They brought her, God. Hmm. I'm just being real with you. This is just, if I don't, if I don't tell you the truth, who's going to tell you the truth, you know? They brought her, I say, God. It, it took, it was at a dying breath, when I was just about to sleep with her, that I caught my senses and I said, I just caught myself and I ran away. I would have, and there are times that I failed and I would end up sleeping with them and I wake up and I'd say, God, look what has happened. They were men like that. And they were the ones that would send it. And it was a trial. Sometimes they would send them to attack you in the night. Many will appear in your room like this. They want to see if you can remember God in that moment. This is fact. But people don't talk about these things because you say, oh, this, you know, what's, you know, but these are realities. I, I, this happened before I understood it in Bible. This was this was my life. It's not it's not from Bible. I, I read this, it's later. It's because I experienced it and knew it in truth that I started to see it in the Bible. You know, it's when you've seen something in spirit that you can start seeing it in the physical. That's when you can start to see it. Not before. So once I saw it in the reality of my experience, I started seeing it. That's how it started, scripture started to make sense. They can hand you over. And for a time, you will be in their hands. And that's their work. They're ready for you, of course. They're ready. All kinds of things, all kinds. I've, I've had, you see, I've had all kinds. There was a time where it was, in fact, it was too traumatizing. I didn't sleep at night, not, not physically, because once I learned how to sleep, my consciousness is very active. So I wake up every day, I'm like, my God, what's all this? every day like that back to back all kind of trials all manners of things as a god you know because in that school i'm telling you i'm telling you the truth in that school the criteria is not even what you do physically they 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 don't even expect that you do some, they don't even expect you to do some things physically. They don't even it's, you understand. It's inconceivable that you even do it physically. It's inconceivable. So they're not even worried. They, the focus is beyond what you are doing physically. Is what is in your heart, because what is done in your heart is the reality in the inner worlds. So okay, you don't talk to anybody in the physical plane. Okay, you don't chase ladies. Okay, you don't fight. Okay, let us see you in the inner worlds when everything is much bare, and that's where they start to work with you. So if you if you are still doing it physically, you are not even. You, you're, they, they, you're, not even, uh, you're not even, you're not even the candidates. How can I explain it? This is not even. They will just, you just be ejected. You, you just, they will just lock the gates, and you won't see them again. You're not ready. I'm telling you the truth, and it's happened to me many times. You're not even ready. They will not, they will just lock the gates. Like this person is not ready. How can you still be doing this? this they will lock the gates. Go and go and deal with lesser things. I'm telling you. They don't give pearls to swine, and once you start acting swine, they just lock the gate. They lock it. You just don't see anything again. They lock you out. It's not because they mean. It's just that they just don't give pearls to swine. They don't give pearls to swine. They don't waste. You don't. You don't waste precious things. On, you don't waste it. So they lock the gate, and it can take you three years before you enter again. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the gospel truth. You know, so they will release you to all these things. They release you. Forget about what all these scripture people are quoting, all these things. Just people, you see, this is what happens when you read too much and there's no reality. Yeah, there's no sense. As I, as some, some people now hear this podcast. They say, this guy is a crazy person. I'm not just arguing about them. And I have nothing to argue because what am I arguing? (laughs) If I argue is pride, you know, because why do I need them to agree with me? You know, I know what I've seen, so I don't need you to believe me. That's your problem, (laughs) you know? So your belief doesn't mean anything to me. It's not a currency in my world, you know? So, (laughs) you know, so, so these are facts. I've seen it, you know, I've seen it and it's real. They really have authority over the powers of darkness and they, they send them out when they want to. The powers of darkness don't work on their own. Don't you understand? It's like police, police are like evil. They're like police, police are evil people in the sense that they, they, they are necessary evil. Just like in your body, you have white blood cells. White blood cells, I hope you understand that they are killers. White blood cells are killers, they are murderers, right? And they go after bacteria, they are killers. Do you get what I'm saying? So the same way, bright blood cells are needed in your body. That's how those things are like something like that. They're killers. So they need them. They have the work for them. So in spirits, they're killers that have work. So when they need to really train someone, they will call them and say, hey, I have a contract for you. That young lady, it's time for her to have some sense. I'm serious. I'm just making a joke out of it, but I'm very serious. And they will put their eye on you. And fire is coming upon your life. Your eyes must open. And it's love, it's love, it's, it's really love because the end point you see that, yeah, it was really love. They will send fire upon your life. You must wake up. You must wake up, you know. So in the life of a believer, this is just the reality. You see? This is just the reality. Someone asked a question. Uh, First of all, uh, Joy, you had a question, right? Okay, I'll attend to you now. So Chiamaka asked, she said, can we apply the essence of Satan to our dreams too? Maybe expand the question a bit more so I can get you here. Yeah? Chiamaka.
9: Uh, yes, hi. Sorry, uh-huh. I, I guess it was um hearing you talk about the trainings that you went to and then thinking oh. about dreams and Wondering if it would be the same, you know, how you fail the test and you pass the test. Is that the same in the dreams as well?
0: Yes, in a sense, there's always some trial. Life itself is a trial, you know, that is supposed to purify the soul that it might return to where it came from with experience. So the soul must return to God, but it doesn't return to God the way it left. It enters this world and it returns with experience. And it happens throughout the different trials and all those things, all those things, all those things, all those things. You see, you see. Um, um, Joy, you had a question. So yes, Chiamaka, you can call them Satan because it's they're like adversity, it's adversity. So in the dream, different things come, it's, it's, you can, they're all Satan, it's an adversity that you must conquer, you must. If not, there's no way you can go up. So, Satan, if you can understand it when I say, is the gatekeeper of heaven. If you can understand what I'm saying, understand. Don't misunderstand me. Do you understand what I mean by that, guys? Do you understand what I mean by that? When I say Satan is the gatekeeper of heaven, you can't enter without passing through him. Impossible. He's the examiner. If you don't pass him, forget it. You're going nowhere is easy, you can't, you see, you can't. So it's a mystery and Satan, like I said, can represent an angel, it can, it can represent anything but you must, and that's why the people in the middle ages that became Satanists, this is why they became infatuated with him because they caught this revelation but they caught it in an imbalanced way. They didn't know how to dance. So they shifted to one end and missed the point. Of course, blessing Tala is related to the room that guards the garden. Still, it's related to it. Because you see the Caribbean that guards the garden and there's a flaming sword. What does it mean that the flaming sword guards the doorway to Eden? It means that before you can enter through that gate, death must happen to you. What is this death? It's the death of the old man. Yes, of course. And how does it happen? The Satan must bring the flesh out of you. So you can't enter the garden of Eden again until death happens. So that's why the Caribbean guard with the flaming sword. It's still part of it. But we'll go into those things later. It's much deeper than that. But that's the essence. So you can't, and that's why Jesus Christ said, you must pick up your cross. Yes, that's the flaming sword, if you can see. That death must happen for life to come. So this is how it is. You know? So this is the life of, of a believer. And this is why people got infatuated with Satan and all these things, you know, because they realized that, ha, ah, he's part of the divine plan. So they misunderstood it. Then I started, of course, New Age people are imbalanced, but there's so much truth in what they say, but it's very imbalanced. You know, I've I really spent a lot of time. God really took me to learn a lot of things. As I'm here now, you will be surprised. You might catch me in a room with Buddhists and you, you really wonder, is this guy really Christian? Because I can speak their language. As I'm speaking Bible, if you catch me with Buddhists, you'll be shocked because I'll speak their language. You hear me speaking and you say, my goodness, I thought I knew Oshaka, I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand that it's not only Christianity that God has had me understand. He I've, 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 has taken me to a number of things, you know. So, so, um, so, yeah, there's truth, there's truth in the new age teachings, but it's very imbalanced and it leads a lot of people to hell because it's very imbalanced. For example, they talk about how all you need to know is yourself. Yeah, they're right. All you need to know is yourself. All you need to know is yourself, but who is this self? There's only one self, it's Christ. He's the only one, all that exists is Christ. Christ is the foundational energy that formed the whole universe. He's the only intelligence that there is. Everything else ought to be an expression of this one Christ. So until you've met Christ and known Christ, you don't know yourself because he is the mirror that lets you know who you are. Do you understand? We behold him like glass. That's the self. He's the mirror that tells you who you are. So that's the mystery that the new age guys don't understand. And they think this self is this nonsense Rukeme. Well, Rukeme is worthless. What do I need to know about him? He needs to die. So this is, so you see how they don't understand it. You see? But understand, the people who first of all brought out the teachings of the self knew what they were talking about. Because when they talk about self, self comes from Buddhism, right? Let's not go into that today. Another day. I don't want to deviate too much. Another day, another day. Anyway. So, um, Joy, you have been raising your hands since. Yes. Someone is messaging me saying please. <laughs> 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 another, day. another day. please. <laughs> Joy, please go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, I have like two questions. Mm. Um well, as you were speaking, like what you explained, I think is how God has trained me throughout my walk. But I would say it's been more intense the last three years. And I realized at first I did, I like as you're speaking, I'm like, like, it's clicking. Because I'm like,
5: hmm.
2: I think I realized in the beginning that it was from what God would say to me. Like, oh, this is what like a a promise or an utterance of what's to come kind of thing and he 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 would then send people that would (laughs) almost be like adversaries to that um yeah so I think yeah I think so from that one my question was I don't know okay actually let me I don't know if I should ask each question because I have an example before each question or I don't know how you just ask just
0: ask it ask one straight up
2: yeah. So my question is, um, when it is not, um, say you're taken out of your body, you're still in this like the like the world. I don't know how to explain it, but then you're still present, um, and the people that you're relating with, you can see that God is doing that. Um, but there's the aspect of the emotion. I think I'm, I'm I, I often struggle with that, like navigating communicating the emotion like sometimes the emotion i have is contrary to what is the right thing in that moment not right but what is i guess a show of like my maturity and understanding i don't know if that makes sense so uh, my question what's
0: your question Uh, tell me tell me your question
2: so how uh, how would you describe um, um, responding to the adversary in that particular kind of situation, if that makes sense.
0: So w- define the situation once more so I can be sure of what you said.
2: Where it's 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 like you're, like say that right now we're in a zoom in and we're all like present, we're all conscious um, of what's going on um, mm. and then I can see that your actions are almost like an adversary to me in that moment, but mm. then requires within a community transparency and honesty that aspect so i think i often battle in that aspect of like okay this is actually what your actions are making me feel but at the same time i'm like mm. i can notice that this is actually a test there's an asset there's an element of that kind of thing behind it if that makes
0: sense okay i mean in the nearest future we're going to have a whole course on psychology and um, understanding the the mind, the uh, subconsciousness, the unconsciousness, and so on and so forth. You know, I will, however, say that first of all, start by observing yourself, because we say we think we know ourselves, but we don't. You know, before you can defeat yourself, your flesh. That's why you watch cartoons like Naruto. Who, whoever has watched it. When he became very strong was when he went into one cave and he fought a black shadow of himself. And that's when he came out and had dominion over the beast inside of him. This is all gospel, but in a different way for those who have watched that cartoon. And if you watch many cartoons, you always see them how, you know, they fight something that looks like themselves. Like Matrix, you know, it's all, it's all the same thing. It's the flesh, it's the animal nature. You know, the the, 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 the man, you know, but before you can fight it, you have to first of all know it. So observe what happens inside of you, first of all. When this person said that, how did it make you feel? When you asked the question and El laughed in the beginning, how did you feel about it? You need to first document it. What did you feel? Were you angry? Were you angry that my God? He just laughed at me in front of so many people. Wow! How can he do that? How dare he? I'm serious. I be. Am I crazy? Don't these kind of things happen in our minds? I'm asking people. Let's be real. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. These are realities. So we need to investigate what is happening in me in this moment, because if you don't know your enemy, you can't defeat your enemy. So you first of all need to know the problem and begin to investigate it. You need to be a student of yourself. Now, this is where these Buddhist teachings come in, for example, that these new age people don't even get. They've even polluted the Buddhist teachings. they polluted it, they've messed it up because they don't even know it. Even the modern Buddhists, they don't even understand it. Just like Christianity, Buddhism has an inward path that many people don't know about. But we're not here to talk about that today. You know, you know. For example, like I said in the Bible, there are three dimensions, four dimensions of scripture. I said there's the Peshat, There is the remes, there's the drash, and there's the sword. In Buddhism, the most basic part is the nihayana. The second part is the tantrayana. And the third part is the vajrayana. Vajra means diamond. And it talks about the the real core, the essence, the most most expensive value. You know, a diamond is very hard, and that talks about the depths of it. So... Uh, This new age, they don't even know what they're talking about. But let's, let's leave that alone. You know. So when they talk about know yourself, on one hand, it means know Christ. On the other hand, it means know the part of yourself that is not Christ so you can kill it. Paul said, I'm not like a boxer beating air. But I beat my body and put it under subjection. Lest, after I've preached the gospel, I become disqualified. So there's something that has to be defeated. You see, and that's the mystery of the Israelites. That's why Paul said our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to pull down strongholds and every, you know, because these wars, these battles are within. You see, these foolish people calling themselves jihadists. But Muhammad said, the true jihadist wages war against the enemies of Allah within oneself. And who are the enemies of Allah? It's your lust, Is your pride, Is your anger. And that's the true jihad. There are two types of jihad. The jihad as gar, which is the common nonsense that people are doing today, but there's a greater one called the jihad akbar, which is a great war. What is the great war? The fighting of the enemies in yourself. Jesus said the enemies of a man are in his household. Do you see these teachings? Have they been there? But if one can't read, one can't see. So you first of all, have to recognize your enemies. You have to see them exactly before you can bind a strong man. That's the mystery of what Christ said. So observe yourself. Take note, what's happening inside of you. I gave a story once. I was walking on the road in the afternoon. I went to come and buy something. In fact, as I'm even touching my neck now, right? To tell you how much of observation, me touching my neck is because I'm about to say a story that I'm still embarrassed by. So as I'm touching my neck now, is because I'm still uncomfortable saying the story because shame is still there. So that's why my hand is on my neck. You understand? Because you have to understand how all these things you also express themselves physically. When you're talking to someone, next thing you're rolling your hair like this, or you you have to understand, observe yourself, you know? So once upon a time, I was walking to my supermarket to go and buy something. And I was just in a very basic outfit, very, just, the outfit was just glory. There was nothing glorious about it. I was wearing a funny sleeper, I was walking on the road, you know. So I was walking on the road. And I put face masks on my face. Why well, did I didn't put face masks? Because I'm afraid of coronavirus or anything. I put face masks because, ah, I didn't want anybody to see a shaka so walking on the road like this. This is foolishness that happens in the mind. So that pride, that I like you know, I, I don't want to be seen looking like anyhow, and I don't put mask over my face. God said, You better remove that mask now. <laughs> Not that there's anybody there, but in that moment, that shame, that, that, that pride, that foolishness was about to enslave me and make me afraid. Ah, you can't see me like this, you can't see me like this. So the only solution in the, in that moment. Was to remove the mask. There was no one who saw me, but that act did something psychologically because I would seen in myself that this was happening in that moment. And this is how we have to observe ourselves from moment to moment. Like I said, we're going to have a full um, a course like that later on, and very soon. You know. You know. So one has to observe what is happening within yourself first. This person just said this, how did it make you feel? Observe it, take note of it. Before you say, let me kill it, you have to first know it. Because if you don't know it, and you just try and stop a particular behavior, a new one will pop out somewhere. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? For example, someone is a bully, right? They're bullying people in school. You've not found out why they feel they need to bully other people. You just stop them from bullying. Now, because you have not found the root problem, when you stop them from bullying people in school, what do you think will happen? Who can guess? I'm asking. Just give a random guess. What do you think might happen next?
9: It will bully online.
0: Something will just happen. It will express itself elsewhere. You can bully online. You can even start to hurt himself because there's something that is the root that hasn't been addressed. So if you just stop it immediately, you've not solved the problem because you've not yet understood it. So there's a need for us to, first of all, take note of what is happening to me first. Don't explain it, just first of all, take note before you start trying to understand it, before you know that you want to kill it. You have to first know it, even not, it will outsmart you. I will go into that because when we start to enter into the real inner dynamics, and you really understand that inside of you is a micro universe and there, in fact, you're like a mini planet Earth and there are nations in you that exist. I'm not kidding, I mean it in this, I, I mean it so literally. I mean it so literally. I mean, they are living entities that exist in you, that you are their planet Earth. They live, they exist in you, in you they live, move, and have their being. I'm not kidding. is as literal as I'm saying it. And you must put them under dominion. They exist. But that's another conversation for another day. So, the long and short of what I've said is that first of all, observe yourself, you know. And that which you have discovered, start to put it before God. You know, Father, I've seen this in my heart, this, this. Help me, help me, help me. You know. You're not identifying the problems that you have seen. And begin to work with the Holy Spirit to deal with it. And he'll present you with problems. Because if you say, Holy Spirit, help me, the only way he can help you is by presenting you problems that will bring the thing out of you. So it's in that moment of opposition, you know, that the possibility of healing can come so he said, God help me deal with this problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to help you by sending you that same problem. Well, you have to first of all start by observing yourself. Do you understand me, Joy? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Observe yourself first, uh huh. I would
5: say find the
0: spe- like just Christ said, find the log that is in your eye. That's what it is, that's introspection. Find the log in your eye first. Mm. I
2: think something you said also links to the second question I had which was um you know you've spoken about being possessed by God before but then I wanted to ask can you be possessed by an angelic being or can you be an angel to what's going on inside in the sense of like you know the example you gave of the where you had the Um, you know the beer that was given to you just earlier in this um, conversation Hmm. they were kind of judging like yeah oh can you hear me I can hear you okay yeah where they 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 can they were kind of judging that is it possible for you to take that position as a person where you are the one um god is using to do that kind of
0: thing well the bible says do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so the journey we're on is actually where our mind starts to transform to the point where our mind starts to become christ's mind and we start to think as he thinks we start to see as he sees we start to judge as he judges but the reality is that most of us are not there. And sometimes we use that as an excuse to do nonsense. You know? Not saying that that's you, but um, when you say you're a lover, you're only a lover when you yourself have become a bridge by which the love of God flows to another person. Because there's only one love. There's only one spirit, there's only one life. And you can only love when you become an extension of the one that is love. So in a sense, Christ is supposed to possess everybody in a sense, where his thinking, his way of behavior starts to you know, come out and express through you, where you become a conduit of his life. So in a sense, you are supposed to be able to be quote unquote Possessed by God. That's why in Revelation they talked about people who were beheaded for the sake of the gospel. When we talk about martyrdom, people think to be a martyr is about just going to be dead physically. No, it talks about the beheading of your own flesh of yourself, and then your head is being replaced with Christ's. That's why in Revelation they said these were the ones that were beheaded. It's a mystery. You know, it talks about ones who have lost the self, the you know, the, the me, myself, and I, and uh, Christ has taking the place. So we're supposed to get to that point where, you know, God literally possesses us on a day to day. That's the whole point of new wine entering new wine skin. That new wine is the spirit of Christ and the white skin is us. So it's supposed to happen, but most of the time people say it's God, but sometimes it's not. They just, you know, use that as as a way to commit crimes and putting the responsibility of the crime on God. I'll be doing understand what I'm saying. Have you, have you not seen this before? Hmm? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like me now, if you notice, I rarely say God said. If you take notes, rarely is a very rare thing for me. Not because God didn't say, but I believe if I open my mouth and speak, it's because I myself am also taking responsibility for the words. So I don't hide behind anybody's words, not even God. If I say it, is because I have seen the truth about it and I stand with it, so I don't like to hide. So if I tell you something, it's very positive that God told me, but I don't, I don't need to say God said. One, because people have abused that a lot and used that as an excuse to do a lot of things and you know, escaping the consequences of it. And two, I like to, how can I explain it? I don't like to hide behind anything. I don't like to hide behind the Bible. I don't like to hide behind Jesus. I don't like to hide behind anything. If I call Jesus' name, it's because I've seen it for myself. It's not my own. Do you get what I'm saying? It's mine now. Yes, in the beginning, you led me there, but now it's mine. And now I take responsibility because I have now partnered with you. Do you understand? God is looking for partners, people who are collaborators with him, brethren, not slaves. You know? He's looking for not robots. He wants people who get it. And they've made it their own. It's not my it's not my work. So So yeah. God can possess us and he speak through us and his feelings can express through us towards something or someone. It can. But what we have to also be careful to make sure that we're not being deceived by an animal in our garden. You know, trying to use trying to hide behind piety or holiness. It happens a lot, you know. So you, have, you insult someone, but you say it's holy anger. <laughs> I've not seen that before. seen in a holy anger. Shut up, your mouth. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so these are realities. Yes, God's emotions can express to you. His feelings can express to you. His mind can express to you, you know. But you have to be discerning, you know, to make sure that he's really the one. So I hope, that, I hope you understand that Joy. Yeah. Yeah? Yes. All right. How did you feel as I said this? Did you feel like, ah, how amazing thing that I'm using this? And how did you feel? What's happened in your heart as I was answering you?
2: Uh, I think memories were coming in my mind. Mm. And as the memories were coming in my mind, my heart was surfacing like more questions. Um, but at the same time, what was happening in my heart was, to be honest, um, I think I was trying to assess myself.
3: Fair enough. And well, that's
2: good. That, I think part, like it was like a mixture of emotions. So, at some points it was like, did I pass that test? <laughs> and then other points <laughs> it was, oh, okay, God, I see you. But then, yeah, and then other points it was, oh, I think some points disappointment, like at the moments where, (laughs) 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 yeah, sometimes it's disappointment where where I'm realizing I didn't take responsibility for my choices um, in the midst of those things. So, yeah.
0: Mm. Fair enough. Well, that's good. That's good. More of that. More of that introspection is good okay 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 god bless you joy okay Miriam, shoot try to make it brief because we're short on time now
1: oh sorry okay so like while you were speaking i was actually mm. just <laughs> because i i remembered this verse that has been it's not in my head for like years now i heard someone say that he was, he was he was releasing an admonishment to the church and he he was like, My reins instruct me in the night season. Even when I'm sleeping, I cannot imagine doing a bad thing. And you know that it fascinated me because I was like, uh, ah. but I thought we had no control over our dreams. That that's to do that thing again. Do you,
0: think- you want to take a picture of me, you will not succeed. <laughs> I we,
1: had no, <laughs> we had no control over who we were when we sleep, like it really fascinated me and over the years I started to find that when I had struggles physically that they manifested physically they were not overcoming them was not like fighting them was hard yes and overcoming them but when I realized that those same struggles still manifested mentally it was more more of a pain for me like I'll literally feel horrible like if I struggled with say anger and I lashed out I wouldn't feel as bad as if when I'm struggling with anger and I'm struggling to contain it and I really see that this is such a reality even if I'm not expressing this outwardly I used to feel like someone was flogging me literally and I I realized there was also this time actually it's not this time I'm still going through it where I realized that I was I was having a relationship with God through people like not not that um you shouldn't god love god by loving people or anything like that but i was literally using people as a buffer or as a portal to get to god i felt like oh as long as this person is around i can't i can't mess up so if they don't tell me not to do this i, I will not not do it if they don't tell me to do this i want to do it and that was how i was living my christianity and god now did, decided to i knew when he took all of them away I knew.
5: Oh.
1: I knew when they were even 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 happened with you when they were even present and I could not reach them, not that I could not text them, I couldn't call them, but I, I just knew there was no access and I had to just be on my own and yeah. learn to just hear the voice of God. And I really now understood what the verse meant, that I bless God who gives me counsel because my reins instruct me in the night season. Because you are supposed to, be, like, you, I really just came to a place where I realized, is god is this God I have a relationship with? And it doesn't make sense that I'm having conversations with people about God and it's popping more than my spiritual life. Like I'll be talking to people about, oh, God is this, you know, I'm I'm literally coming to revelations about God in my conversations with them. And they're like, wow, you love God. I mean, I know it's not true. I know, I know it's not, that's not true. And you know, it's, it's very, very interesting because it seems like a tamer version of what you, what you went through. That I'll literally be having dreams about, you know, about doing things I'm not supposed to do, and I'll wake up downcast. I, I just, I literally know I just failed the test, and you, yeah, it's crazy, it's really crazy. Thank you. <laughs> this is a, really welcome. exciting.
0: You're welcome. God bless you, Miriam. Labake, talk to me.
8: Ah uh, yes. Okay.
0: You so, have waited, Abby. Your hand, your hand was yes, repeating you by now. Yes.
8: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I am very ready now to open up because you know that he just gave me expo. Every time I want to talk, I'll be having this whole uh You, you want to say it so that you feel proud. You want to say it so that you feel. Do you know? I'm, let me just open my. See, every time i'm around people that i'm trying to talk to them about god i always have this tendency inside of me to want to remind people that back then in the days i wasn't always a good girl (laughs) and i was like i've been wondering why why do i why why do i have this tendency to want to remind people around me you know, I was pre- I was trying to talk to some young men some two weeks ago at, at a party, and there was this urge to let them know that, you see, these things you were doing, I was there before, I used to do all these things, I know these things, I know this life, and and I was wondering, Like when I finished, I came back to the house and I was telling Jesus that I have embarrassed you, because... I, I, I wanted to, to still be counted with those people. There's they, a they vibe with them and I like that vibe. But I said, but I thought I was changed. And Lord Jesus said to me that you, you I, I told him that should not vex, but just I felt the Lord was telling me that you don't know yourself. You don't know yourself. And I was like, is it about me knowing myself? He said, then he said, this thing you said that until I know, um, knowing him is knowing myself. Yes. And I was like, okay, so this is the now you just said it is making sense. It's making sense why my subconscious wants to always do the things I have stopped doing in years. Why I'm quick to fall into dreams. Like why I'm quick to do these things that I have supposed to have stopped doing. Like I've stopped doing things for years. Why am I always doing it in subconscious? It means that it's there somewhere. And the Anna, let me just go to my question. The purpose of wholeness, is it to rid you of these things? It's not about the physical, right? It's like rid, rid you of these things like within, within,
0: so i said again the line broke in for a second
8: like yeah okay the con- the whole purpose of bringing you into wholeness and fullness mm-hmm. right is to rid you of 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 this enemy this adversary not just in the physical not just in the oh today i'm not going to i'm like uh, i try not to drink i try not to do this i try it's to remove the whole um hold it has about you even like should i say even in the subconscious in in that way too
0: yes and not just that but also help you to have dominion over it so that that thing that you want to use for evil, you can now use it for good. Do you understand? Mm. I could yeah. have spent 25 years very angry. I used to shout every day, Da, blah, blah, blah. God, God tamed me. I came calm. When I'm great, it's not when I don't shout again. It's when I can shout and still be holy. Do you get that? Do you get that? Ooh
8: yeah i get i get that's the I get, I get i get i get Do you understand? i feel i don't know i feel very i don't know how to feel right now it's like i kind of know how maybe it's as with these things that you're saying that's if i feel test maybe three three days if the thing is Look, too much was <laughs>
5: I,
0: <Jesus Christ. laughs>
8: I, like I, it's just even this past three days i kept wondering why would i pray and then find myself doing these things that and when I wake up first and I say father I feel I've failed again I'm sorry I don't know and I keep feeling like it's not me now it's not me that's doing the they are It's these enemies they are disturbing me but it means there's, it's somewhere there because every time I talk to people I just kind of feel bad it's almost like this is something I'll pray about It's seems like I feel bad like when i want to be numbered with jesus christ but why would i be talking to people and i i kind of feel bad when they don't know that i know this this other side that i know this thing i've been there before i know these things i was once say this i was once a star and and now i'm quite understanding that this um renewal of mind is not just the physical it's not just the physical for you to know yourself you have to know christ you have to literally know the father. And knowing the father, you know yourself. And that's, oh my God, I don't
5: finish. <laughs> okay, thank
0: you. Let me show you a scripture. I'll show you a scripture right now. This is from the story of the prodigal son. Who, we all know the story of the prodigal son. He did this and that and that and that. Now look at this interesting part. This is Luke chapter 15, verse 17. And, it's, and it says, But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? It says, when he came to himself. So, Jesus Christ is saying all that time he was out in the world doing this and that. He was not himself, he was someone else. Himself was the one who remembers the father. Now, this scripture that communicates that teaching of knowing yourself this is what it means. You know, when new age say know yourself, they don't understand that, that statement. What they're actually teaching is knowing who you are not. Because the person you call yourself is not really you. These what you call you was created by the, the movies you watched growing up, the songs you listened to. It's, it was created by this time. You understand? Because if you look back in time, the way people react now, the body languages and everything, the gestures, is different from 50 years ago. So that tells you that personality is a creation of culture, time, and place. There's, there, there's, a, there's something about you that is beyond your personality. So when people say know yourself, that's what they're telling you to know. It's not really you. It's just a societal construct. So that's why they've missed it, you know. There's only one self, and that's Christ because everything in this universe is a unity. As a matter of fact, the word universe is of Latin origin. It's a juxtaposition of two words, uni, which means one. From the word uni, you have unit, unity, it talks about oneness, you know? And verse, the word verse is from the Latin word versus, which means to turn. So the word universe literally means to turn into one or to make everything one. So that's what the universe literally means, the oneness of everything. So in a sense, we can say that God is a universe. But the mistake people make is that when they say universe, they are talking about physical creation. No. Well, yes and no. Anyway, let me not, let me not go into that too much. God himself is, a, is, is, a, is, is, we can say God is the universe. But when we say the universe in this sense, we're not talking about material creation. We're talking about something beyond that. But even still, God himself is the material creation because you can't separate creation from creator. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand that?
8: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh But when you start to make the mistake and point to one particular thing and say, this is God, then you've misunderstood it. For example, just to give you guys a little bit of insight, I won't go into that too much, but I just want to give you an insight. For example, in the Hindu religion, there's someone they call Shiva, you know, And the word Shiva means that which is not. People look at that and think Shiva is a particular person, but they don't understand that Shiva means that which is not. What does that mean? Is this God? No. Is this God? No. Is this God? No. It means that God is everything. God is everywhere, but you can't point at one thing and say this thing is God all by itself. Does that make sense? Mm. So that's what the Indians mean by Shiva. But over, over the years, people have misunderstood us to this, they've made statues, this, and... Anyway, let's just leave all those things side, you know. So people who make the mistake, especially this new age, that will pick up one thing and say, this is God, they miss the point. Yes, you are right, because all of creation is a part of God, but it's a part of God, it's not God all by itself. And that's when one starts to fall into error, when you pick up one thing and say, this is God all by itself. Now you've missed the point. You understand? And there are many stuff like that, you know, so, but later on, we'll go into other things. I don't, I'm just a little bit just opening these things up to us. So let us know that there's a lot, there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot out there that one doesn't understand. But when we start to explain the spirit of things, the essence of things, the nature of things, you see how your understanding starts to break walls. It breaks walls without you losing. How can I explain it? You can speak many languages, but you only speak one language. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I'm a lover, if I'm a kind person, what I mean, I'm speaking Chinese or Greek or French, wouldn't that kindness still express itself in all those languages?
8: Uh huh.
0: So when one understands the essence of something, you're not afraid to put on a new jacket. I hope you understand what I mean by new jackets, but I won't explain more than that. Anyway, let's just, hmm. let me just continue. Yeah. <laughs> thank you all right you. you're welcome
8: thank you i got expo and inside thank you uh-huh.
0: god bless you labake god bless you labake so so um let me just bring up one more scripture so that we don't i know some of us are tired we're tired it, but let's be honest some of us are tired like there's been a lot of information to digest in a short period of time isn't it oh to us who said no wow i like that <laughs> What if you are tired? Be honest, don't. <laughs> are we tired, people? Tell me, are we tired? Ah, okay. Okay. No. What are saying? No. Okay, no problem. I'm here with you. <laughs> All right. says, <laughs> sleep is knocking on my door. Don't worry, knock it back. Sleep is knocking on your door. Master it. <laughs> my Bible scholars, who, knew, who knows what I, was, who knows where I got that reference from? sleep is knocking on your door master (laughs) indeed (laughs) no confidence not Paul it's Cain when Cain was about to be tempted to kill Abel God said sin is knocking on your door Master it. Exactly. I thought you said
6: sleep this is okay. And I thought about when Paul was warning that guy. About
0: <laughs> <me>. <laughs> well, it's part of it. <laughs> okay, let me show some scriptures because I just want to make sure that I give us because right now I spent a lot of time explaining the concept in life, in spirit and everything for us to get the idea. But I also want us to be grounded in the word and have the scriptural Understanding of things, so I'm going to I'm going to post some some scriptures now, right? I'm going to post some scriptures now, and I want to help you string some pearls. So I just posted this scripture. It's James chapter one verse twelve, and it states, "Blessed is the man who remains steadfast on that trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of." Life. I'll bring out another one from Psalms 66, verse 10. It states, For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. So we see God and trial always goes on and on. I have many, There are just many, as in it's all over the Bible, you know. I'll bring another one. This is from Proverbs. Um, this is from Proverbs. Proverbs 17, verse 3. The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests the hearts. Now, let me now connect the pearl for you. I'll bring out Revelation now. How are all following? I'm going to bring out Revelation because you see here, each of the three scriptures I brought all talk about trial, trial, trial. See, James said, "Blessed is the man who remains steadfast on under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown." Of life. Now let's look at Revelation 2, verse 10. This is Jesus now talking to one of the churches. And he said, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. So he has told them that suffering is coming upon you. <laughs> God is funny. <laughs> just that. He told them, Suffering is coming. Don't worry, but just don't be afraid. <laughs> he said, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation 10 days. <laughs> Isn't just going to find this humorous? As in, he's telling you, don't worry. There's trouble coming. <laughs> As in, he's guaranteeing them that don't worry. Suffering is coming. Tribulation is coming. Don't worry. (laughs) This is just funny. Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. That you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Now see the caveat. Be faithful until death. And I will give you the crown of life. Who can tell me what this death is? Who can tell me what this death is? Come on, people, read. Come on. He did it to self. Of course. Of course. How many times in our life we're thrown into a prison like this? This prison is like Daniel thrown into the pit. It's like Joseph thrown into the pit. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fire. It's like that. And they're going to be seasoned like that in our life where we're thrown in some kind of prison. This, This is not a literal. It can be literal. But even if it's literal, it still relates to what's going on inside of us, right? And you shall face tribulation 10 days. So that tells you that there's a set time for each trial. It's not indefinite. There's always a set time, you know? 10 days, 10 days, they shall be in prison. And he said, if you are faithful unto death. So that means every time God sends a trial, there's something in you that he wants to kill. Something in you that he wants to put to death. And what is going to replace that which has died? The crown of life. Now I want to see who can really connect things now. When they say you are given a crown, what does that mean to have, what does a crown represent?
2: The initial revelation of light.
0: Well, yes, but some people wrote it in the chat box, authority, dominion.
4: Dominion. Uh Uh
0: Crown represents dominion. It represents power. So are you seeing this same narrative being played out? If you are faithful unto death, you receive a crown of life, dominion, power over that thing that was just killed in you. Are you guys seeing it? Are you seeing the pattern? It's consistent. It's that's the Bible for you. It's consistent. Everything just connects, it's it's just one, it's just one line. You know, the crown of life. And you still see the same crown of life that you see in Revelation 2, verse 10. You see it in James. 1 verse 12, and I'll post it here now. You see, James said, blessed is the man who remains steadfast on that trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. So I just showed you James, I just showed you John, and they pretty much said the same thing. It's just that John added Satan in the mix to complete the whole picture. What is the same thing? Because who do you think is the one who is in charge of the trials, of course, of course. And that's what God uses the Satan for, you know? That's what God uses the Satan for. He has a ministry, he has a work, he has an assignment and that assignment is to bring out of you the ungodly elements to give you an opportunity to kill it and have dominion over it. It's not about sexual abstinence. It's not about sexual indulgence. It's about having abstinence in the middle of your indulgence. Does that make sense? Do you understand that statement? Huh? Have you had this situation in life when maybe you're having an argument with your friend, maybe you guys are disagreeing on something, and then, let let me me look for an example. Um, They tell you, oh, share. um, Maybe they say two of you should share a room Something like that. Let me give an example. Let's say share a room. And you get angry because you don't want to share the room, blah blah blah. So you say, you know what? I don't even want it again. I don't want it again. I don't want it again. Why do you say you don't want again? Because staying in that room with that person is much more difficult than abandoning it altogether. So abandoning something altogether is abstinence. But staying in the room and having self control whilst in the room is being able to abstain from from
5: dominion
0: is it is the is dominion so staying in the room without losing control that's what god is about jesus christ sat down with harlots. didn't you see it he was in he was in whole houses of course there were all naked ladies there he sat down there with them do you get what i'm saying he was there he sat down with the 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 the, the The oligarchs of Israel, the tax collectors, those were the rich. Those days, tax collectors were rich. They go around collecting um, tributes in the name of Caesar. They were rich, you know? Of course, rumor says, what about scriptures that says flee all matters of temptation? Of course, in the beginning, we must flee. But in the end, we must conquer. Do you understand? In the beginning, we must flee. But in the end, we must conquer because you can't run forever. Because that which you always run away from will forever have dominion over you. And there's a time, and we have to be sincere, don't form, um, I, I'm, I, i am me, na me, me be assistant Jesus. Come put your leg where they don't send you. You go fall inside though. Hmm. Don't put your leg where they did not send you. You will fall inside. So there's a time to run. Oh. There is a time to run. <laughs> Let's hear it now. There is time to run. You know that? Oh, <laughs> Everything in life is mathematics. You see? You see? And everybody you see, eh? imagine on their head, there is like numbers. And the numbers on their head represents how much good they have and how much evil they have. Some people, their evil is 9,876. If your good is 520, 9,876 minus 520, how much is it? They still have over 9,000 evil left. They'll finish you. (laughs) You better run. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? (laughs) You better run. Because that person's evil is one of your good. (laughs) You will fall into trouble. Do you get what I'm saying? Everything is mathematics. So, your evil, your, your goodness is, the, is, is numbered. Is, is the, it could be 250. You are meeting someone that has evil of 7,000. Ah, what's kind of? You better run away for now. It's not pride, it's wisdom. You run. Do you understand what I'm saying? I remember when God first pulled me out of the world, he made me run away from all my friends. It's not because I was a coward, but you must run for now. Didn't Jesus Christ run to Egypt? It was, did he have, do you think he was crazy? time there to run (laughs) there's a time to run so hey Paul knew what he was saying Uh so we have to know the time to run and we have to know the time when it's, it's time to conquer this thing it's time you can't conquer a fear unless you face it so the solution to fear is that very thing that scares you you must confront it you must, you must confront it. You must, you must. There's no other solution. I told you guys of the story when I was afraid of the dark, you know, and how an angel came to help me to deal with that. I told, I've said it many times, you know. I sat on my balcony to meditate. I can't forget, because in Dubai, my balcony faces the sunrise and sunset. So I used, to, I used to just sit on there and I catch the sunrise and I meditate with the sunrise and enjoy it and this and that. So I went in the evening, when the sun was setting, and As I just closed my eyes, he just sat down on the floor. Bam! And I remember he had a staff in his hand. And he said, young boy, listen to me. You are frustrating the works that we're trying to do with you. Your fear is spoiling everything. So this is what you're going to do. Tonight, I'm going to visit you at the hour of 3 a.m. You are going to turn off your light, and you're going to lock all your blinds for your room to be pitch black, and you will stay there and wait for me. Or more. (laughs) It's the instruction. <laughs> I go to my room that night. I have the light shut, but I didn't close the curtain completely. I left a little bit of it open so that small light to enter, so that so that I can see some things because ah man, that was that instruction was too much, you know. So as I as I am. Um, As I slept, I left the window open a little bit. Around 2.30, forty-five, he started to tap me. He woke me up. Go and close that curtain. Ah! I said, God. <laughs> I can't forget that day. I got up. I closed the curtain. As I laid in my bed, I just put my blanket, I held myself, I said, God, 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 i die a day like this. <laughs> I said, oh, if I die, i die. <laughs> Yeah, God. I sat there, I cover myself, pitch black, I can't see anything. I said, God, I'm going to die yet today. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, That's why I just lay down and I had to sleep because it's, it's after you sleep. In that transition between sleep and waking is when the detachment between your soul and body happens. And it was when you wait for that moment to catch me and me to where we're going, so I had to sleep. You have to first of all sleep. So, imagine you're afraid, you're not as afraid. Yeah, have... it's one thing if you're afraid from your imagination, but I knew that something was going to enter into the room, so it's not as if I was just crazy. My fear had legitimate, you understand, I knew things were going to come here, <laughs> you know. So, my fear had it was valid, <laughs> it's not just imagination, something was coming. I had a right to be afraid. That's how I just lay down. I can't forget. I just closed myself. I just held my blanket. I just said, God, that's how I slept. As the sleep was about to just sink in deeply, he he just descended from the ceiling. He passed through the ceiling. He just landed. He just grabbed my ankle. Boom! As he grabbed my ankle, he pulled me. He pulled me out of my body, you know. And he took me to a particular college. But before then, he was just, he was taking me around the house, you know. The reality of the fact that life is not only really physical. So I, was, I saw my body on my bed and I'm walking around and they just started telling me one of some few things and all that, you know. And I went to a particular college and whatnot and whatnot and whatnot. Just like there are schools in the physical world, there are schools in, in, in the realms of the spirit, you know, without a doubt these things are real, you know, still exist to this day, you know. But anyway, fear is really conquered by confronting it. And you must face it. But there are some times when fleeing is important, you know, you need to flee first because you're not ready. But after fleeing, a time must come when you must conquer. And that's the way it is with God. And that's why Jesus Christ, he had to face his self, himself in the wilderness. He had to face his pride. He had to face his, 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 his doubt of his, God, of his Godhood. He had to face all these things. It didn't end there. He still had to face fear fear of being rejected by people who you have labored for. Fear of. There were so many fears that he had, of course, because you see it all throughout his life. In the Garden of Eden, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was sweating blood. That's a scientific, it's it's a medical, is a, there's a medical term for it called hermatidrosis. Hermatidrosis. The word herm is from the word from hemoglobin, which is in the blood, Hematidrosis. That's why you say hemorrhage. So that hem is related to blood. So hematidrosis. When you're under so much tension that your 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 blood vessels come out of their normal pathways and enter into the the sweat glands and come out of your skin. That's how much pressure he he was facing in the garden of Gethsemane. There was fear. And he had to face it. That's why he begged his disciples, he said, please, you, this man, you stay and watch and pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Pray. Of course he was afraid. Are you kidding me? They were going to strip him naked before the whole town and beat him like a dog and then murder him in broad daylight. Who will not be afraid? Torture before death. It's better you just cut my head off than torture me before you kill me. Jesus. Of course he was afraid. Are you kidding? Of course he was afraid. Of course he was afraid. But the time had come to face it. You know, so joy asked, "How do you know you switch from the time of flame to the time of facing? In everyone's journey with God, you know, when the time of expansion of growth has come, God will bring certain things in front of you that you must pass. So yeah, you know, once upon a time, you know, God was delivering you from anger, so He removed you from." an environment of angry people and this and that and he puts you around people who are loving and all that and you now start saying, my God, you see, I knew I was a nice person because whenever I'm around these people, I'm always happy, I'm always laughing, you know, so it's not that I'm angry but you see, it's you that is the problem. Ah, okay. So after God has helped you to bring out your kindness, your generosity, your love in the midst of people who are like that, he will now send you back to the people who bring out the worst in you, you know, to give you an opportunity to conquer that aspect of yourself. Because Jesus said, of what value is it to love someone who loves you? Anyone can do that. There's nothing holy about that. It's not supernatural. Someone loves you, of course, you love them back. But someone who hates you, loving them, you need the Holy Spirit, and that's different. And that's when you have dominion over that beast in your garden. You know. So, you know, you know when, you know when you switched. You have to work with God to know it is everyone is different, you know. Everyone is different. But when you work with God, for the, in the beginning, for the time, he takes you away from rubbish so that he can build you. Then after a while, he starts to introduce you back to it little by little, little by little, not so much, but little by little. help you to you know just small injections here and there to help you because like we said when they want to give you vaccine they don't inject you with a great amount of the virus just little bits you know small small bits so that your body's not overwhelmed so that's how god does as well he just injects with small small bits you know to help you gather strength little by little so it's something that one just knows in their work it's it's very hard to say this is when it happens that is when it happens if i do that i'll just put your mind in a box which I shouldn't, you know? So yeah, to asked, can fear stand in the way of understanding? Without a doubt, because fear can blind you, you know? Fear can, you know, fear, <sighs> you know when you have deep trauma, a deep injury in your mind, a deep injury in your emotions, and maybe, for example now, as a child, a dog beats you. And that moment was a moment of great terror. So, so much terror that it put a scar in your mind. Tomorrow now, a dog might just be playing with you. But because of that trauma of the past, that trauma becomes like goggles that covers your eyes to make you not see that this dog in front of you is your friend. And this dog that's trying to play with you starts to scream, oh my God, hey, 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 but... So fear can definitely stand in the way of understanding because it, it, it kills your ability to discern. It conditions your discernment, fear. So definitely fear can stand in the way of understanding. You know. So yeah, it's 12 a.m. now. So to just round up on all that we've said, you know, I will continue in the next session. I will, in the next session, I believe that we'll start to talk about much more, talk about it more practically this that we've just discussed, you know, um, there is no one who comes unto God that God does not put through trials. You must go through trials, and it's the trial that makes or breaks you. There's no, there's no middle ground. A trial will either break or it will make you, and that's it. So once the serpent appears, only two possibilities can happen, and you can write this down. When the serpent appears, there are only two possibilities. You can either go up or you can either go down. I don't think that was good English, but you can correct it when you're right. You can, get, you can either go up or down. So once the serpent appears, once the trial comes, you can only go up or you can only go down. But there's no, there's no middle ground because that trial movement must happen and the movement will either go up or to go down. So for God to lift you up and make you strong is only by doing something that has the potential to make you weak. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? Do we all understand people? Mm -hmm. So the very thing, aha. So the very thing that is capable capable of making you strong is what is also capable of making you weak. So there's no other way because except he just leave you. And if he leaves you, it, you are definitely going to go down because gravity, look at life. Physically, gravity is always on you. So if you don't do anything, you're just going to go down naturally because that's life. You see. But when God brings an extra force on the outside, then the possibility of going up comes. But that possibility of going up also comes with the possibility of going down. Now we know why Adam fell. And why it was good that he fell because he needed to know what was inside of himself. And all the journey we see is the man now gaining dominion over the things that robbed him of his divinity. And then returning back to his rightful place at the right hand of his father. And the Satan is that tool that God uses to try, to try, to try, to try, to try. So on that note, I would say that we have come to a very delightful end of tonight's discussion. I really do hope that we've learned something new today. And by the grace of God, we shall indeed continue. A fourth night from now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, friends. All right. All right, all right, all right. May I said this was so much fun. Trust me, I had fun myself. <laughs> I had fun. This was, I laughed a lot, when I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so that we close and... Um, we can recapitulate a bit. I want three or four people to just say one thing that stood out to them in this conversation. (laughs) Chiamaka said it was that somebody say, wow. (laughs) I love that too. (laughs) Wow. Someone say, wow, you can say, wow. Please say, wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Come on. (laughs) 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 Okay, so that we close and help everyone to remember. I want four people to just raise their hands and just say one thing that really stood out to you in tonight's session. So who am I for? Just one thing that stood out to you. All right, grace of God, please talk to me.
4: Wow, you're mean me the hand? <laughs> I'm waiting for the rest.
5: Nice.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So... The part that stood out to me was when you were talking about about how um, the part of I just will not say it, you know, when you just understand something, where dominion lies in conquering your own demons, like the word, like when they say fighting your own demons, everybody has their own demons. That's actually, in a sense. Spiritual and scriptural, because you have to conquer your own demons to be able to get the real you, like get the self, the actual self. And also goes to say that the self is not you per se, the self is Christ, because Christ is the essence, Christ is the matter, Christ is the cocoa of everything (laughs) that is. So when you eventually come to self, you come to Christ. Yes. So just all a encompassing. So many pearls were stringed, uh, were strong uh, string. <laughs> English, <laughs> you by the child, grace of God. like <laughs> that. Yeah. So that was that was was a very very encompassing. You know, very webbed and very nicely
0: brought together class. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. God bless you, dear Grace. Jay, talk to me.
9: I must say, I was really blessed by today's um, sermon on Bible study. <laughs> um, just, you know, echoing what Theo had said. Um, I think one thing is it's not just confronting it, but the most important thing is to identify it, because if we don't know it and those demons, and um, we wouldn't be able to comfort them. But just, you know, personally speaking, I think is <sighs> that God is the Is also an originator of evil (laughs) in the sense that he would you won't go as far as telling the devil oh hey have you seen my child (laughs) (laughs) have you thought about you know tempting them um i don't know i think that makes it that's why he's mysterious I, as a person, um, I don't understand why we have to go through fire. I understand it's supposed to refine us, but in my own human capacity, does not understand why. I keep on asking, like, God, why do I have to go through this? I, I get the point, but why Like, do I have to go through so much pain to come out? Like, Why do I have to go through the darkness for light to be best from that? So, but, yeah, um, let me know just... <laughs> keep on rambling, but yeah i was blessed thank you so much
0: god bless you well the fact is that because of the fall of man man is there's something that is said that the cure to something man has created man, man brought forth a lot of by man's fall man brought a lot of nonsense into the world and that nonsense a man has brought into the world has to be the very thing that will tame him literally so it's what we have poured out that must come back to chastise us so on one hand we say it's God that is doing it but actually it's it's we're the ones doing it to ourselves like I said it's always a dance so on one hand it's God that is bringing all this to us but on the other hand it's us Because the suffering we're seeing in Nigeria today, are we not the ones that did it, I'm asking. Are we not the ones? I'm asking. Uh, So even if we say God's judgment, no problem, but it's still what we did. We are the ones, we are laying on the bed that we have laid. And when I say we, I say we, because in God's eyes, they are not separate from the next man. So we, we have to take responsibility for the world we see. Christ did, and that's why he gave himself, because he didn't see himself as separate from you. You know, he didn't see himself as separate from you. So what we see in Nigeria today, we all did it. And we have created the scenario we're seeing today. And this scenario we're seeing is teaching us why we should not do this. So when pain comes, pain will tell you, you see, this is why you should not have done that. And that's how the world is. And God uses that to teach us. So on one hand, God did it. But on another hand, we're the ones that are doing it as well. Does that make sense? Do you understand that, Jane?
9: Oh, yes, I do. Thank you.
0: You understand? Uh-huh. You're welcome. So, yeah, I mean, before you use a particular material, that material, you have to, first of all, test it to see if it's good enough. You know? Like, maybe you're about to walk on, on, a, on a plank, on a wooden plank. would not you, first of all, step on it a little bit to see if it's sturdy? I'm asking. would not you, first of all, do that? Yeah. Uh huh. You won't just step on the wooden plank like that. You have to first test. See this thing can carry my weight. That's how life is, and that's what God does. So test. Let me see if this person go break. Let me. Okay, you not know, go break. You sure? Okay. Let me try one more time. But okay, she didn't break. Okay, let's go. <laughs> me laughing doesn't mean that I, I um, understand my laughter. My laughter too is a dance. I'm not laughing because it's not serious. I'm laughing because it's very serious. So serious that I don't see the joke in everything. (laughs) It's a mystery. (laughs) Oh, my. So if you don't laugh, you cry. That's the truth because there's so much to cry about. So... So the laugh is not a laugh of ignorance. The laugh is the laugh of supreme awareness of the seriousness of what's going on. So that's, I mean, that's actually the laugh, you know, it's cause it's like, whoa, it's so serious that, man, I just got to laugh because, because, because. <laughs> Rume, please go ahead. We've missed you in this, in this hey, live um, session too. I said, we've missed you in these live sessions. It's been a while. So good um, to see you here
3: today. Been, oh, <laughs> terribly busy, <laughs> but I'm really glad I joined today. It's funny because I was saying to myself that every time I think to myself that, oh, this session is the best yet, another one comes along that surpasses it. Wow. So, thank you so much. Thank
5: <laughs> Thanks God. so much for you.
3: <laughs> You're welcome. And the, the, the bit I took away was about um, being able to wield. Uh, or command the demons and and so command good and evil basically and yes. um, just like Jesus did and I guess the way I look at it on in, in human terms is where we mature to the point that we can you know how that saying bring out the best in the person well in this case yes. we bring out the worst in the person so it is exposed and it can be dealt with is yes. how I see it in the human terms I might be wrong but that's how I'm in my head and I think at the moment we probably do it unintentionally yeah. like in my marriage for example I know God uses my husband and I in that manner of course, of to course. almost bring out our flaws you know bring our flaws to light so they can be dealt with and it at the moment it's not it's not intentional but then is it then getting to the point of being intentional that's the maturity as a son sort of God to say this person needs to be transformed I'm going to be a thorn in their flesh to bring out the worst in them, bring out the flaws so they can then be dealt with. Um, yes. so, so that's what that's what I took away. Um, mind, absolutely mind-blowing.
0: Thank you so much. Thank God. You're so welcome. God bless you, dear. Romeo. God bless you. Rachel, Rachel. Mm-hmm. go ahead.
7: Hi hey. Good morning, Hi. everybody. Oh my God, Good morning. Oh, Jesus, this has been really, I don't know how, I don't know what, was the word to use, but I think that beyond, um, this, today I have seen so clearly the dualities. like I've, I've always seen the duality in a lot of things, right, but today is like, the duality is just here, can you just see, it's so big, you cannot ignore it, you know, and, and, a lot of things stood out to me. Very interesting that Rume used the example of marriage because as you were talking, I was, I was here just smiling and I was looking through my journal and a couple of things that Lloyd Lord has, has um, taught me in the month of May or so when he was talking about trust and how, you know, for things to be rebuilt, foundations have to be broken and sometimes you have to tear down the entire building and pull it back up again, you know. And, you know, he also used that in the sense of relationships and how that, in in a lifelong journey, the person that would be your greatest tempter will be the person that you are closest to. And that is practically your spouse. Uh, and even though, you know, in those days, I can't even, I, I would, I, I was like, God, please just carry your breaking down and tearing down. You're always shouting, tear down, tear down, tear down. Which day we used start to, to build up because you're always just shouting, tear down, you know. But understanding that you know Satan is a very important ingredient, not just for the salvation, but the growth of every Christian, it now makes me see why that every time it looks like oh this thing comes and I I am just here telling myself God I don't have the strength for this I don't have the energy this is not for me Maybe you should give it to somebody that's stronger and I'm just here being stupid. <laughs> And he's saying the reason why you're going through it is because, you know, strength has to come out of this. So have dominion or master this thing. So that's on the other side, because unfortunately or fortunately, as humans, we we maybe do not see things until we connect the dots behind us, right? And he's just saying, master this thing. And on the other side, you will now realize the good in the sense of good that has come out of this process that you have gone through you know and then you know you're just doing the entire dance and dance thing and dance thing. today has been has been really good and like i said for me it is how very evident the duality has been painted it is very undeniable i don't know about others but in my heart i don't think that i can ever take for granted the beauty of the duality of God and then I think the biggest statement is just fear God because <laughs> I'm telling you fear God <laughs> I, you know, like the biggest statement is just fear God and as simple as those words may sound I was just asking myself do I really really fear God or oh, I'm just here you know doing my thing I'm even questioning the person that knows more than me you know that's do you even know what you're saying and i'm I, you know at some point you feel like i should practically slap myself and bring myself <laughs> to the reality of the fact that oh more you don't know nothing you don't even know anything so thank you so much this this has been really beautiful thank you
0: so welcome god bless you god bless you so much thank you for that that was um that was so lovely <laughs> i thank god i thank god um, joy. you said you want to say something?
2: Oh, no. It was a comment on the laugh thing that you were saying.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that, yeah, yeah, it sometimes, yeah, does communicate at all. Like, the moment that you laugh, it, um, it's almost like a form of communication. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, indeed. I mean, there are different ways. There was a time when um, I was brought before the council of elders, you know, and um, I can't forget. It was a room that looked like, um, the room was circular, you know, and they sat down in a circle and I was called to stand in the midst of them. And I saw their faces. They were all from different cultures. They were all, they all had different attires and they were all old, but it was a mystery. Of course, the old was representative of their spiritual attainment, I won't be surprised if some, some of them that appeared as old men there could be 15 years old in the physical world, you know, but all of them had like the appearance of the old and they sat down and not one of them smiled. There was no laughter, just profound silence and frown. Because they said that, what's there to laugh about? Look at the state of the world. It's serious, it's serious, it's serious, it's serious. And the work is great, you know? And um, it was one of the places where I was given, you know, commission, you know, for, of course, the work that is being done now, you know? And um, yeah, there was no smile on their face. They were all full of love. But that love was, it took the appearance of severity, profound seriousness, you know. But that can also be translated as laughter because like I said, the laughter is a dance. So one can laugh, you know, and that laughter, you don't know what it is, it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not laughter because it's, it's, it's not, it's, they're not taking it seriously. It's quite the contrary. It's the laughter because it's really serious. <laughs> you know, so serious that you start to see the joke. <laughs> so some people just don't get the joke. <laughs> Tell me, how would you have times where... You remember something that happened to you two years ago that was very traumatizing, but all of a sudden, as you're narrating it, you can start laughing. How did it, why did it take you two years to see the joke? (laughs) Do you understand? How did it take you two (laughs)
5: years?
0: Do you understand? I'm right now reminded by the Holy Spirit of the movie 300, when Leonidas and his army were, they were being showered with a rain of arrows. And all of a sudden, everybody started laughing. (laughs) They all just started laughing. I don't know if anyone remembers that scene where they were all laughing. They were all laughing because the moment was a joke, but it was just like, you know, (laughs) someone else said fight in the shade. So they all just laughed. And sometimes in the most, in the most painful moments of our lives, in the most, you know, unpleasant, there's still a laughter there, you know. And the Holy Spirit can cause us to see, you know, like there's sometimes when something just happens and you just laugh. You say, Ah, God has set me up. (laughs) And you just laugh. (laughs) You just laugh, you know. So, yeah, people of God, this is so beautiful. I enjoyed every every bit of this and um every moment like this that we spend together is a a privilege and I'm just grateful to God, you know, and I just pray that we continue, continue as such. God will empower us. God will keep us. And I just pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that everything that we've heard will not just enter one ear and pass through the next, but it will become flesh in our lives, that our lives themselves become a living Testament of everything that the spirit of God has taught us this night that we shall be books of Christ that men shall read, and by their encounter with us, yes, indeed, they will have encountered Christ. And I will say, yes, God is indeed good because I have met this person, I have met that person. And I just pray that that will be the testimony of all our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.